Oi! Oi! Sorry, the uh, mic's not wor working. Just switch this on. Help you, Matt, Miss Jones. Someone said as we shook hands, she was just Miss Jones to me. Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's best film ever. My name is Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ellie. And I'm Georgia. Hey, first time, legit. Not making this one up. Yay. I think Yay. it's Ethan that makes it wrong on the other one. Is it Ethan? Is, I think it's definitely usually, me last do week. Do we usually get it? Do we? Maybe yeah, we yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think we do. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take me to on there. All I know is that if we can usually get through my opening gambit, we do usually do okay. Yeah, I think you so. throw I'm, the rest of us off. Yes, that's it's my fault. It is definitely I appreciate you guys carrying me as often as you do. <laughs> and if my voice seems a little weird, it's yeah, because you do uh, nothing for this. I have a sore throat. You have a sore throat. Yes, you do. You uh, self-inflicted though. You were yeah, belting show tunes. In the I was belting show tunes. <laughs> that will that will tie in nicely to what we're going to talk about in a minute. So, um, first off, let's talk about Liam. We are we are no longer the number one podcast in Sierra Leone oh, for film reviews. That's it. I'm done. Well, sorry, it, folks. This might mean <laughs> that they don't have anybody on the film review chart. Oh. Because we were one of one. So maybe they just oh, okay. like discontinued the chart. Oh. Maybe we were, maybe once you've had this podcast, there's just no other podcast for your film. I like that. Oh, okay. Once you've had Best Film Ever, there's, well, actually, there's lots of <laughs> podcasts out there. As I'm about to shout out in the shout out section in a minute. But you know what? Um, thank you, Sierra Leone, for yeah, the ride. It was you. fun while it lasted. It was and uh, if that's as far as it goes, we wish you well. We do. They've gone the way of Belgium. Oh, miss Belgium still. Yeah, I miss Belgium too. Are we not really? Belgium back yet? No, really. The, the, the one the, this week's been maybe it's a rocky thing. Maybe people don't people like don't violence. Like maybe people don't like the um, sexual harassment. Uh, <laughs> the questionable sexual harassment yeah. uh, of a couple maybe scenes people there. People don't like ice skating or boxing. Maybe, maybe or running. Maybe it's that. Maybe Do you it's... know. What? I'm not being funny, right? I I love that film, and now I've watched it with you guys. I'm not sure I like it as much. <gasps> I like it. I do <laughs> like to it. Best film ever. I do like it. That second act is hard. That is, it the, is. The, the subplot. Now, granted, yeah, yeah. hopefully at some point we can watch, whether it's the podcast or just independently of that, we can see where the relationship goes and go. And listening to it, I did still feel the bit where we talked about the only man she knows is Polly. Mm. And therefore, um, explains maybe her aversion. And we did say, if it's not for, for, for Rocky, does she ever get out of that household? And I think the answer to that is no. Mm -hmm. So I think ultimately you go, it's a good place for these characters to go you just kind of wish rocky didn't go about it that way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so but it was it doesn't justify any of it it was 1976 and people's viewpoints they might have gone i'm not sure if i liked it that much but it wouldn't have been anything like it is now i mean to go back and look at it yeah, now yeah, it was like yeah. wow yeah. but then i saw pictures of us just alone i'm like times have obviously changed because you look much different sly yeah very yeah. different so uh on that note uh we're doing well still in japan Yay. Thank you, Japan. Thank you, Japan. Yeah. Outside of that, it's just kind of a, a rocky free zone. So that's all right. Yeah. That's all right. Thank you very cool. much. Wherever you're listening to around the world, whether it's um, your first or your, oh, geez, 33. I don't know, 32? I'm punning for 33. What was 30? Was 30 rocky? No. 31 was rocky. 31 was oh. rocky. So 32. I was oh, right. Well hey, hey, hey. Well, I'm always going to be wrong. You are going to be wrong. <laughs> It would have been great if I was wrong and you were right on that That would one. have been great. Uh, just a quick fantasy football update because things are nuts in fantasy football. Everyone's getting football. knocked out faster than a rocky fight. Yeah. 
Um, Too many so, injuries. So we're all sitting here going, I don't know. We've got a timer set because we record mm-hmm. these on Sundays. So we've got a timer set for quarter to six to go. Let's because we're in the UK at six o'clock kickoff. Mm-hmm. And it's going, let's see what happens. Because <laughs> I don't know. Amongst but... injuries, COVID and bye weeks, I've got like. Yes. Nothing going on. So on that note, I am playing Alex, our friend of that song from that movie. I'm in second. He's in fifth. I'm doing mm-hmm. all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, Nick and Russ uh, are playing Main Street Finance. Uh, Main Street Finance have a good team, actually. Uh, he's got. He's had some bad luck. Yeah, but I beat him. You did. Georgia is up to third now after being mm-hmm. all the way back well there. Done, yeah. And you are playing. It's, it's a Disney off. It's Georgia yeah. versus Defining Disney. Ooh. So there we go. Um, who's the true mouse of this house? We'll find out <laughs> next week. Clearly me. I mean, come on. And then we do have a little round the table competition as we have uh, Liam, who is no longer last place. What? You are seventh. Come on. <laughs> and you are playing who Nick and Russ have referred to as Queen Ellie. Oh. Queen mm-hmm. Ellie, top of champion. the table. The only, yeah. the only person with a, uh, a zero in the loss column. Yeah. We've got someone with a loss in the win column. But, I've yeah. got loss, 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 win, loss, 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 loss. <laughs> That's impressive. You played twice as many games as the rest say, of us. We've only done five weeks. I'm, just, I'm just predicting. That. I'm just predicting. Uh, let's just do some shout outs. A big shout out to uh, Syndicorn, a new listener who basically did the usual, I take you up on your challenge. And then oh. got back to me and let me know I've actually listened to a couple podcasts. I'm really enjoying it. And we're like, hey, hey, thanks a lot. Thank you, Syndicorn. We're loving the habits. Uh, Paul that- and. Do you think that's a mixture between Cinderella and a unicorn? Yes. Or like it's, it's, exact, and... No, no, it's exactly. You're pretty much reading his bio. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh, well, I was yeah. hoping for popcorn and like. Oh, it's that Cinder too. Toffee. It's that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. It's like if someone named Cindy started a, 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 a popcorn brand, it would be Cindy Corn. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I do. So, uh, Paul and Griff, who actually just gave us a shout out for the Iron Man episode today. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, Paul Thank and Griff are great. They just, they, yeah, they're fantastic. I mean, yeah. But you should go listen to Paul and Griff. They do some really, really, really good stuff. Um, and they're quite fun. It's a fun dynamic. It's two guys, lifelong mm-hmm. friends. I don't know. That sounds like two friends having a movie podcast. <laughs> sounds like not a bad idea, you know. I think I had a dream once where I was going to start something like that. I don't know. You're still living it. Well, COVID is the dream <laughs> that keeps on dreaming. Uh, Bigfoot for Breakfast, thank you very much. It's a musical podcast. They are great. I listened to another episode of theirs. Um, just do what we do, and they just it's just good fun. So yeah. keep on, keep on. There's got to be some way we can do a collaboration at some point. That'd be uh, great. Our friend Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. You were late on that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was, it's because you cued me to do it earlier. Yeah, and I said, just make sure. Yeah, be good. I'll give <laughs> some big recommendations. I don't know if he hasn't seen Rocky or didn't like Rocky, but he still went ahead and listened to it. So oh. there we go. Thank you, Dwayne Smith. Thank you. Um, we've got uh, Joey, a new listener. Uh, got a hold of me to let me know he loved Back to the Future. I'm like, oh, cool. 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 Cheers, all the way back then, back in time yeah, to the very when first we were episode. back in time. Yes, episode yeah. one. Mm. Uh, the FN Nerds podcast, they're just great. They're just great. We got a bit of a mutual love thing going on, but they keep saying they, we like, uh, they like us. We keep saying we like them. Yeah, we uh, do. Mainstream Finance, our good friend Lestat, Yay. who has Lestat. said that he's figured out who the new Bond should be, and then he's got your addiction of this face swapping app that you have. Oh, no, it's so uh, good. The face swapping app, I've decided, at least for the short time, will be part of our build-up for these films. So he <laughs> does like to position himself as the heroes and heroines of certain I films. I indeed. Yeah. I had a play with that app the other day and discovered I look quite like Maisie Williams, apparently. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah, I nice. think I, I said that. I could have said that anyway, yeah, to be fair. I think How I do said you, that. Genuinely? I've when never Ellie considered that. does like, when she, what's her face on like uh, actresses with like light hair? It just yeah. reminds me of when you put your face on. <laughs> she looks very much like you. <laughs> We are twins, Ellie. Apparently so. But some of them are really remarkably similar. Um, I don't look like anyone. It's because no. we both got dark eyebrows. I think so. Big shout out yeah. to a new friend of the podcast, Russell Osborne, who is a postie in the King's Lynn area. Hey, Russell. What are the odds Excellent. of that? So Russell he's been to the Majestic like 30 times. I'm wow. like, That's as you should. name as well. Russ. Also, another Russell Russ. Osborne. And this Russ might know something. 
Unlike Nick and Russ, <laughs> who don't know anything. Know this Russ yeah. might know something. Uh, Quantum Week, and I've given them a love on a few times. Quantum Week did this great episode this week. If you have really, if, if, if you're sitting there going, I, I want a new podcast to listen to this week, let me just give them a shout for a minute. They go back, we've talked about this before, they mm-hmm. look at a film and a song that were both in the charts in the same week. Yeah. And so this week it was Austin Powers, the first one. Cool. And Mbop. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And so that really, really interesting conversation. And one of the hosts goes into his own personal, what he was doing that week. Yeah, and yeah. shared that he, everybody else in his school was graduating high school, but he didn't. And shares oh. his story about why he didn't. Mm-hmm. It was just a really gripping, really great episode. And it was nice to, it was really quite brave to go behind the curtain and just share that story. So yeah. it's great just for the Austin Powers. It's great just because the, the one guy hates him, Bob. <laughs> like, he just rages. If you think I rage sometimes, like, he really <laughs> rages about this. And then he they share his great personal story. I'm just like, you know what? If you get an extra hour in the car, you've done this. Thank you for listening to us because you're obviously yeah, thank you. you're hearing the recommendation here. Why not give that a shout? Uh, Ethan, of course, from Talking the Mickey, who's got some thoughts on Bridget Jones, we'll share later. Okay, He's got a great who, personal who, note. Who's he? He's just some <laughs> hack, isn't he? <laughs> he is, isn't he? And then, of course, our friend uh, M at Verbal Diorama, who I think is the best single person movie review podcast thing She's out great. there. She is great. And she just yeah. reviewed Coraline. Wow. Oh. So that brings us to actually our Halloween poll oh, update. Yeah. Week two. Ooh, let's find out there. So in week two, this isn't the two weeks added together, but in week yeah, two, yeah, yeah. in fourth place this time was Rock. Rocky Horror Picture Show, which was four votes behind the leader. In third place was Halloween, which was three votes behind the leader. In second place was Coraline, which is one vote behind the leader. Okay, so they listen to you. And this is Scream. So Scream's doing Scream's doing okay. Scream's doing all right. Through two weeks, I think Scream's probably the leader. So I'll reset the poll. By the time people listen to this, it'll be back up week three or four. We're going to do four weeks on the trot. We'll add them together. And which film are we doing for the Halloween um, bonus episode? So we've got... I mean Halloween. <laughs> <You're just> Halloween. <laughs> I think we're dropping the veil on, on what we're supposed to do there. So yeah. Uh, and so with that, that's that'll hopefully be a scream. On that note, another scream. Uh Georgia, you said there's something about J- everybody's talking about Jamie. What's it everybody's called? Everybody's talking about Jamie. Now, this yeah. is a musical on the West End in Broadway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it started off at the off West End in Sheffield because it is based on, around a true story of a boy in Sheffield who grew up to be a drag queen. And wanted so to it's, go like the, to his it's like the prom. drag queen version. This was a documentary, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Was it yeah, a they did a documentary. I remember as well. watching yeah. the documentary. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, the yeah. boy ended up going to his. There was like a big riot or something. He wanted to go to his prom in drag. Okay. So, right. so, so it was a musical. They're giving it the feature film treatment as and a musical. And yeah, as a musical. Yeah. And they've dropped the trailer. They've dropped the first trailer, um, and it's due to come out in February, I think, in the US. But I'm not sure. Oh wow. Okay. It's not got a UK release, but it is. Uh, 20th Century Fox slash Studios, which is Disney owned. So 20th Century Films now, isn't it? Yeah. Studios, I think. Is it? Okay. I think it said. But if it goes to Disney Plus, it means it's eligible for the other podcast. So, hey, listen up for that one. If it comes, yeah, if it hits, I'd, I'd be well up for that. Yeah. Definitely. Do you think everybody will be talking about it though? <laughs> <laughs> and on a side note, just to give a little bit of love for the other podcast, we just did an episode on Onward, which we'll be releasing two days after this. Oh, man. Definitely an episode worth listening to. I think there's some personal stories that get shared from around the table. There was a lot of emotion on a that one. Emotion. Just a little bit. And, um, yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with Pixar, but this was an especially, one that we definitely had some thoughts on and definitely worth worth, worth a listen. So if, if you haven't, uh, this gives you a couple of days. Watch watch Onward and then check out what we thought about it. I'll, I recommend all of them, but this is one where I'd go. It's on that short list of ones I'm like really worth listening to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, with that in mind, uh, we are now on to Bridget Jones this week, which is Yay. Ellie's choice. Ellie, can you tell us why you chose Bridget Jones's diary as the first one? Oh, 
because I love it. Um, it's it's always been one of my favourite films. It's one I was probably introduced to sort of as an as an early teen, I guess. Um, so I've I had it on DVD and I've watched it quite a few times. And I I just think the the title character is so likable. Um, is that the and- diary? <laughs> Technically, <laughs> Bridget Jones's is like an adjective. Bridget it? Jones yeah. is Technically, so yeah, likable. Yeah, um, I think she's grammar's important. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Sorry, um, she's um, she's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. She's got very real flaws, but she's very very human, and I think she it just makes her really relatable. And okay. it's also really funny and. It's just great. I love it. Now we, we we've all seen Bridget. We have, right? yeah. So should we just skip this and just do the review now? Or? Yeah. That's <laughs> no, no. So I mean, I've got very positive memories of Bridget Jones. Me I remember too. going to see it with a group of friends. I kind of have, you know, how you have those group of friends who <laughs> I say this around this table. This group of friends you just go see movies with all the time. <laughs> And they change sometimes. When I was a certain, when I was about twenty in Canada, there was my group of friends that we went and saw movies like all the time because we had something very similar to the majestic, majestic. kind of. And on certain days, it would be dirt cheap to go to. It had cheap nights, so we'd usually pop up on Tuesdays to Owen Sound. Wow! Yeah, no Owen Sound, and uh, we would go there. It was our local movie th- cinema. It was about I don't know thirty minutes away, so not that dissimilar from the experience I have when I go up to the majestic. Yeah. And we would go check things out. We would basically see everything. If it came out, we were basically we were we were on it like a car bonnet. And uh, that's just that's just my officially earned my my England badge. <laughs> and we would go. And so I remember being into that fairly early and going. And you could hear some rustling. Going, oh, I don't know if I like this. Oh, I, don't. And I was sitting there going because from the trailer, I was like, I think I'm going to like this a lot. Yeah. Same. Especially because I mean, as we know, well, maybe we'll get into it with, with with the context in a second. But you know, it's based on another famous work. And I was like, I'm okay with this, especially with the actors that were behind this. I'm like, yeah, I don't think you're probably going to go wrong. And this is before you had like the mega cast romantic comedies post Love Actually because Love Actually does it right yeah they do yeah it's good. but when you had like Valentine's Day and Mother's Day oh. and New Year's Eve and they're all just crap right <laughs> so bad it's like you need hang to- on Michelle Five is in one of them <laughs> don't you dare trash New Year's so, Eve so, 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 so the film is good <laughs> <laughs> the film is good because it has her in it I'm going to find it <laughs> didn't we didn't we review a Michelle Pfeiffer film and kind of go mm. Still. On that note, did you know that Rocky, if we combine our four our, our four ratings, is the lowest rated film we've done now? Really? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. But if you take uh, me and you, yeah. <laughs> it's like this might be the male female divide. Yeah, it it's like be. it's like solid. It's like it's like up there with like Gladiator and Die Hard, <laughs> which made the girls would do it. It's dead last. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay with that. All right, okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so hey, he was um, always an underdog. He was, he was. Yeah. His whole life was a million to one shot. It was. So we're just discounting him now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. You said million to one shot. And then I got that song stuck in my head. And then I was trying to figure Which out song? the next words. I don't know. Oh, yeah. thank you for. You got a song stuck <laughs> in your head. We're not that song know. from that movie. We're a different podcast. No. no. <laughs> I'm allowed we're, to not remember it. We're some song from some movie. Some song from that movie. <laughs> I'm not sure you're allowed to not remember it when it's in your head. Like. <laughs> Is there any words? <laughs> I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, Ali, do you have any sort of context you can share for the film? Yep. So um, Bridget Jones's Diary is based on a novel by Helen Fielding, but that novel originally started out as a column in the Independent. Um, so as a it, fictional column, or yeah. So oh, it was okay. a it was a weekly column about urban life in London, designed to appeal to young professional women. 
Um, and that the column started in 1995. The novel was in 1996 and the film was in 2001. So it was a pretty quick turnaround from like conception to wow. the film actually coming out. Yeah. Um, it's the first, the Bridget Jones trilogy is the first trilogy directed exclusively by female directors. How um, oh, did I know that? So, cool. so who directed this? Uh, Sharon Maguire directed the first and the third and Beban Kidron directed the second. Um, but it's also the, this century's first and only rom-com trilogy. Because, oh. unfortunately, The Crow didn't do uh, a trilogy. Oh. Um, uh, actually, <laughs> nor was it this it, century. The Crow, That's true. <laughs> the Crow has done five movies. Yeah, the, the, no, the well, it's not the a trilogy then. It's, it's got a whole anthology there, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, top yeah. notch. Okay, uh, to be fair, I mean, do 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 rom coms screen? I mean, because isn't the point of a rom com that at the end they're like joined? Isn't that what happens? Mm. Yeah. And so, as a result, the question is: Do you really need a sequel? And if we're thinking about Bridget Jones, especially, I might ask: Do you really need a sequel? Yes. No, no. Working you, title wanted the Prince of Money. Do you know the funny oh, the thing? The second one's great. Oh, I don't like the second one. Oh. Well, we'll talk about this at the end. How does it fit? Yeah. Has, uh, George, have you seen any of the ones, or is it just the first? I've already seen the first one. Okay. Oh no. And it was a long time ago, so I don't really remember it. Cool. The first one is definitely my favorite. But... Mm, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's it's it, it gets released. It's it, it's it's highly successful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So it had a budget of twenty five million, and it made two hundred eighty one point nine million. Now we used to teach. About the studio, but did Bridget Jones uh, when I did A Level Media back in the when the course was slightly different, and this was something called the working title formula, which is, and we'll take a look as we go through, but you take British stars, British content, and you add in a big name singular American star into the formula, and what that does then is that appeals to viewers on both sides of the Atlantic, yeah, and you spend like thirty million on them, and. You know, you just keep doing it. Eventually, like enough of them will hit. And so we saw the formula. It's the same concept with four weddings and a funeral. Right? I like that film. Where oh, you have the film. big American stars, Andy McDowell, yeah, and yeah, that. Yeah. And you feature either London or you feature like love, like 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 beautiful rolling hills, England. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like, the only two like, places that like, are in England. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's, 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 a specific place, it's, rolling hills. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's either manor houses in the country. And that sort of bed and breakfasty kind of kind of yeah. England, or you do like that nice like four block radius that everybody sees on like Doctor Who all the time. Yeah, and those are the only two versions of England you're allowed to show. And, so, in and a Mary sense, Poppins London. Yes, yeah. and, 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 <laughs> in a sense, what you get is like a mid Atlantic film. It's not a British film. It's not an American film. But it's this idea that Americans have of England is through films like this. And it's always working title. They figured out a, a, a sort of formula, and it's in Notting Hill. You see it. Yeah, yeah. It's in it's in a funeral. Yeah. It's in oh, what was the one? With uh, is it about time? Is that what it's called? About time is a, a good film. About time, and I'm not saying these films aren't aren't good yeah, because yeah, this yeah. is a good film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they realized if you do certain things, it will appeal to both British audiences and mm. it will appeal to North American audiences. And it's the same thing over and over and over and over again. And it yeah. works until the scripts start to fail. But if you do enough of them, you just hope you get enough hits that it makes yeah. up for the misses. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you say that though, because although it might appeal to American audiences because of that, um, the English audiences were really kind of skeptical about Renee Zellweger in the title role because right. she is that quintessentially quintessentially English character character yeah um but then she ended up getting nominated as for best actress she did at the oscars so yeah. um that was kind of soon set which, aside because obviously she does a really really good job of which the she accent. didn't win because we don't give comedic actors awards for some reason which is a shame um, it is Ethan, a shame ethan's Rom-coms favorite halle berry won that year oh was that monster's ball 
Yeah. Yeah, that was um, a good movie. We'll have to debate if Renee Zellweger has Halle Berry hair in this. But, um, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't. Um, but um, fun fact, though. Um, I don't understand what just happened. <laughs> when when movie speed. did Speed, Ethan went on the whole thing that he got a Halle Berry vibe from Sandra Bullock's hair. And it turns out Halle Berry was like an early consideration for that role. So he was like, yes, I am right. I'm not sure the hair has anything to do with I that. I don't know how. I have no. no. Like, you couldn't have made this up. I have no idea how he got this to this day. That's really That's strange. Um Nice one, Ethan. Yeah. But anyway, so fun fact on the accent. Um, apparently she didn't drop her, her English accent for the whole way through filming. And the first time that Hugh you Grant... Couldn't. The first time that Hugh Grant heard Renee Zellweger speak with her normal American voice was at the rap party. Oh, really? Yeah. I think there's something to that. I mean, as someone who's had to try and fake an English accent, man, it's hard. And I think once you're in, you don't want to let that up. there's a story about Benedict Cumberbatch doing that, but he had an American accent for yeah. a film. And the first time anyone heard him... Was afterwards. Was afterwards. Yeah. And they thought that he was then practicing a new accent for There is film. a story that, mm-hmm. that Hugh Grant was either with Renee Zellweger recently or shown a picture of Renee Zellweger recently and could not identify her as Renee Zellweger. She looks very different wow. now. She looks very different yeah. now. Um, I like her in Chicago. I think a big reason for that is that she... It's well, Wow, we've done two of Renee yeah. Zellweger, mm-hmm. and she couldn't look more different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think another big reason wow. for that is because she gained a lot of weight she for did. the role. She so did. she gained between sort of 25 to 30 pounds. And she looks um, good in this. She does. She does. She does and, yeah. and there's this kind of idea that Bridget Jones is this kind of slightly overweight woman, but actually she she's only nine nine 9.2 stone in this, so 130 Which, pounds. So she's not pounds. overweight how, in the slightest. I don't know how tall she is. But I mean, uh, if I you're used, five, five. but but if, but if you're used to seeing Renee Zellweger, you're used to kind of an idea of what Renee Zellweger looks like. Mm. I first saw her in Empire Records. Empire Records, so, good yeah, movie, yeah. Sugar uh, High. Yeah, Sugar High, mm. great. That's song. right. Why didn't they ever put her song on the on the uh, soundtrack? I have no idea. That really bugs me. I bought the soundtrack. Speaking of for that song, as Ellie looks something up right now. Speaking of like that sort of formula. So, for instance, like have you ever seen the boat that rocked? Yeah. Yes. Like that was a film that tried to follow that mid-Atlantic kind of I r- like rule. That. I like that film. But it broke some rules. So it wasn't like in London a whole lot. It was mainly no, it was on this on boat. boat. And yeah. you didn't have the romantic tie-in. So no. that was a bit weird. But you did still have like your big American actor and all that sort of like, thing. Philip rocked. Seymour Hoffman and all that stuff, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The boat that rocked really like got me. I yeah. liked yeah, I, I, really, I, yeah. I remember seeing the app when I was living in, in North America have you still not seen for the Pirate Radio. No, I did finally. Oh, okay. I, I taught about it for years. But we only taught the business side of it and the theory behind it. So I finally watched it. It was bloated. It was definitely bloated. It is bloated. It, or, it, it, or, it needed bloated. Bloated. <laughs> it needed some time off. But Ellie, yeah. have you figured out whatever you were looking for? Uh, yeah, she's five foot four. Okay, so um, five foot four, hundred thirty pounds. But it's not what we're used to seeing her as. Nice. So she would look and heavy because we're used to what that person looks like. And r- real dedication as well, because she she gained the weight for the role um, in two thousand and one, lost it again, and then put it all back on again for the sequel, which was only in two thousand and four. So that's I'll, not very long in between. I hear you. I think Working Tide, whoever distributed the film in North America, took a cop out, though, because if you look at the promotional materials, which will be on our graphic that we'll put on our socials this week, mm-hmm. um, that's Renee Zellweger post losing the weight on the poster. Oh, okay. She looks like Renee Zellweger, and it's a very defined jawline, and yeah, she's yeah. not carrying the weight. Oh, okay. Interesting that yeah, you, couldn't, yeah, yeah. you couldn't have that. Now, they couldn't do like a full... So it's the one where she's looking at the, at the, at the diary and the two guys are over each shoulder, yeah, yeah, yeah. that image. Yeah, so, so her you know, body's covered, Her body's it? covered, but like her, her neckline, you still see, is 100% as Liam almost knocks his drink over. <laughs> I did, sorry. Um, this is why we're... According to Nick and Russ, this is why we're not allowed to do live video podcasts. <laughs> because we're too busy being like, drunkards. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> that opening shot, that picture, yep. that may well have been a... Um, what they called uh, composite like a no 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 a picture Primer? that they do right at the beginning when they're first cast 
promo thing. I think I think they must have done it afterwards. I think it's done. I think that's the last thing you do. You do that right before you're ready to start promoting it. Yeah. So she would have lost the weight by that point. Do you think she'd have lost it that quickly? Yes. Like it takes a long time to like edit a film and get it ready for release. Like it's a long. Yeah, we're long talking time. six or eight months, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't lose that much weight in six to eight months. Yeah, but she's, yeah, but, but <laughs> she's, 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 she's she has a trainer. A she's got trainer. like a, like yeah. a personal chef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and plus, if, if you put it on, being like a seven and a half stone your body's still used to kind of working at a certain. I'm thing. just defensive because I've not been nine and a half stone since I was about ten years old. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm totally the same size as Colin Firth in this. So. <laughs> With that in mind, uh, is there anything else from prop, from uh, context corner we need to talk about before um, we start? Just the crucial part that it's also loosely based on Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> there is yeah, that, yeah. and that, so, would, that would definitely have come up. Uh, so you've of course got Mr. Darcy um, played by Colin Firth in both played Pride by and Mr. Prejudice Darcy, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and in. Uh, in Bridget Jones as well. So like, there's fan fiction, and then there's like something that's so close to it. It's like a bit of a, you know, so homage. Twilight and 50 I Shades. think there was quite a nice pull yeah. for I, the promotional stuff. This is not, this it's is, nice. I mean, because you hear like you know, Clueless is supposed to be Emma, which we talked about in a yeah, previous yeah. episode, and and things along that line. But this, I mean, there's when it's done right, and there's when it's done really, really poorly. So like, she's the man is supposed to be Twelfth Night. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking terrible. Great, Great film. film. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Another one's male uh, female disagreements on this one. No, I just said shit film. Oh, did you? Okay. I said great film at the same like, time. <laughs> as people who have all been in Twelfth Night, you should no longer believe that having seen... Come on. I haven't seen She's in, the Man since you we see did Twelfth Night. If you Night. see it again since then, you will go shit film. Yeah. Or at least shit rendition of, of that of that Shit story. rendition of Twelfth Night. I might yeah. use it as my wild card next year. It's fine. Just realize it will now. It will then definitely be the lowest ranked film we've yeah. ever done. Oh, yeah. Um, not that's fine, though. Perch. Um, no, Rocky can stay actually, if you're at the bottom, it's not really a perch. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, when it's done well, like it is in this, that's much, much, much better. All right, so we're losing control anyway. Liam's hammered, and the girls are just like, just like making noise. <laughs> so, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to wrap this up. So we are going to go ahead and watch uh, British Jones' Diary. We're going to eat some lasagna, lasagna, my sister's lasagna. recipe. So I'm excited thanks, about Kirsty. that. Thanks, Kirsty. Yeah, thanks, Kirsty. And then uh, we are going to be back on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flop. And we are back. You guys all do an American, Southern American accents to do Bridget Jones's <laughs> diary. We're swapping. Sacrilege. She had to do an English accent. I so. think they should have redone this where, like, you bring in, like, a British actress and, like, make her, like, you know, make her pretend she's from Tallahassee. Tallahassee. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I think I could do it quite well. Uh, there is I so think much, I could, too. There is so much of this film that shows just so distinctly British, and we talked about it before the break, but there is... Or is it, or, or is it British? Is it, is it me? Am I not getting this right? It, it looks like... Having lived here now for it quite is, a few years, it yes. feels very British. It is very British. Yeah. It is. So I think that's part of the appeal for a North American audience is the idea of, oh, it's someone who we know in Renee Zellweger. She's one of us, but oh, look, she's one of, oh, look at how cosmopolitan that looks. But do you know what I love about this movie? It's very cutesy. Cutesy? I mean? Yeah. I love it when you break out the technical terms. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the snow, for instance, the fake snow. Oh, I, oh. We will get, let's get right into okay, that, Okay, let's shall do we? that, let's do So, that. we start up, and we are on New Year's Day, as, yeah. as, as Bono once sang, all is quiet on New Year's Day. <laughs> and it's snowing. And it's snowing. He didn't sing that. Um, and it's New Year's Day, and we are talking, and this is where we get the introduction of the storytelling device, which is Bridget's going to narrate the movie to us, I guess like we are actually in her journal. Yeah. witnessing the journal as yeah, it takes yeah. place. I think it's just supposed to be what she's writing in this diary. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so but we get we get the backstory of the first day, which is New Year's Day, and it's turkey curry, which I've never had turkey curry. No, me either. I oh. have. Is this like a, a thing? 
Yeah, you have turkey mm-hmm. on Christmas Day. And then you have the leftovers, oh, but with turkey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, sorry, with turkey, with curry. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have your turkey with your turkey, yeah. yeah. Turkey and curry. I bet you feel a right turkey. Together. Yeah. Yeah, I tell you what, I mean, I have no punchline for that. But uh, it's her 32nd year of being single, and we get the voiceover here. And it's really weird. When she comes home, there's this really weird, like, spy shot from, like, the second story. Almost mm. like you have a dad looking down, but it's not. But, and it's, like, Dutch angle. So it's, like, twisted. So it's, like, something wrong has happened. And it was this crazy juxtaposition of, like, the English, the traditional English country home. And then, like, the, like, <laughs> camera angle that you get from this. And I guess this is supposed to either give the idea how much Bridget doesn't want to be home or how nuts her mum is. It's got to be one of the two. Yeah. I love how she describes her mum as a strange creature from a time when a gherkin was the height of sophistication. Absolutely. I really enjoy that line. And I like Gherkins. <gasps> Me too. Should we talk about Bridget's mum? I don't know Bridget Mum's name, the actress who plays her. She's been in a lot of stuff. But Bridget's mum is um she's one of the most eclectic characters in the in the film. It's Gemma Jones. Gemma Jones. Is this some sort of like a like um a trope, a stereotype, an archetype of like the British mum sort of thing, the meddling British mum? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, there's some things that even though this film is like, what, 2001? Cruel race. Ooh, there's some rough stuff. So mm. now it's, it's okay. I guess it's okay in the sense that mum's nuts. So I don't, you know, the, the message itself, but the idea that mum's nuts, you know, I'd love it if Bridget corrected her a little bit more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, is it Bridget that repeats it later on as well? No, it's a mum who repeats it. I'm sure someone else does. Calls them. where though. Okay. So, um, and so we find out that we, they start talking about Mark Darcy. She's in a set, bridge it up with Mark Darcy. On that note, well done, mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we didn't get like a string of like these other boys. Like, we, we get introduced. We get the idea is that she always does it. But as far as our perspective goes, we're told she about one good. boy and it's Mark Darcy. So yeah. well done, mom. Can I just say, I find his Christmas jumper and his Christmas tie a massive turn on. Can you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I Feel free. Go ahead. I just did. Thanks okay. for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And we find out that there's a couple of things Mum says. Number one is that his wife was Japanese, a very cruel race. <laughs> and then we get the idea that Bridget's jumper isn't good enough. And she says, you'll never find a man if you look like you've crawl- crawled out of Auschwitz. <laughs> As someone that. who's been to Auschwitz, wow. Uh, <sighs> At some point, we're going to have to do Schindler's List. Yeah. Yeah. I am not looking forward to that. Me either. And then we get the new outfit, which is... Curtains. Oh right, she's wearing like yeah, this, like a red shirt and like it's a like curtain it's waistcoat. like it's like a Christmas napkin vomited all yeah, over her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is where we meet Uncle Jeffrey, who in a bit oof. part, uh, yes. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, when he showed up, I was like, yeah, it's Uncle Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he played it to a T. I guess every, I guess it's not wrong. Every family's got this one sort of uncle or auntie, I think, who are in their fifties and do completely He's not really not really an uncle. auntie and uncle, but they say ask inappropriate yeah. questions and when <laughs> and when the children become of age do inappropriate things. Um and then not that we're condoning that at all. No, we're not, not condoning it at all. But it just seems to be it's 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 not it doesn't feel inaccurate. No. No. And so then we meet Bridget's dad. And Bridget's dad is played by the legend that Jim is Jim Broadbent, Broadbent who yeah. is so good in this. Also the second film we've done with him in it. What was the first? Moulin Rouge. Rouge. Oh my, you're dying. Because <laughs> you can, can, can. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you put those two characters side by side and say, what do they have in common? Nothing. Nothing, no. nothing in common. No. And he's so... He's quite similar to Slughorn in this one though. I don't know what that means. From Harry From Potter. From Harry Potter. Okay, cool. Mm. And he's so small and so timid throughout mm. this and so 
dare I say, quintessentially British. Mm. And mm-hmm. downtrodden. Downtrodden. I guess I think I already said that. Yeah. Quintessentially <laughs> British. <laughs> Rude. Um, and then, she, again, mum's like, you need to see Mark Darcy. And then we turn around, and it's slow motion to glorify this. But again, it's the setup. She goes, oh, from the back of his head, she's like, oh, maybe mummy got this right. I'm like, it's the back of his head, uh, love. Like, yes, he's <laughs> tall, and he's thin, but he could have looked like a train wreck when he turned around. Thankfully, <laughs> he, looks, hope so, thankfully he looks like Colin Firth. Yeah. Colin Firth, yeah. Yes. I don't find Colin Firth that attractive. Oh, you're crazy. <laughs> you're crazy I'm with I mean, I'm probably oh, what? Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% Georgia. like I've said this I'm 100% in the uh, you know I believe sexuality is a spectrum and I'm like 100% on like the one side of it yeah, yeah, but yeah. I will go Colin Firth is a very attractive man I don't do get you it. prefer him to Hugh Grant no he don't make me choose <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Bridget I would have a very hard time with that <laughs> choice because there are a couple times in this movie where I'm like oh Hugh Grant's also a very attractive yeah. man. so so far I've been at the Colin Firth Hugh Grant and Ryan Reynolds as Ryan being like good looking men Ryan Reynolds very attractive this Colin is an Firth, age thing, isn't it? Not really. Okay. Yeah. Also, Hugh Grant, not really. Yeah, oh, it's all the way. Also, Hugh Grant, it's an age all thing. the way. Leo DiCaprio oh. looks like a naked roll mat. <laughs> a roll mat. <laughs> roll mat. I mean a mole rat. <laughs> a mole rat. I don't know I what like a good looking roll mat is. Naked roll mat. <laughs> mole um, rat. He's rat. never been attractive. That makes no really link to the movie, but thank you for no, sharing. But I'm just Over saying, in America, like it means something Colin different, Firth. doesn't it? Mole rat. A mole rat. I don't know. A mole rat. Um, and I think so, a lot of Colin Firth's charm is to do with the accent and the like, the I way he's he portrayed, pompous. like his manner. But well, that's how that's the character he always plays. Isn't well, let's it? talk about Mark Darcy. I just see, I just see the King's Speech because Mark Darcy and this is Colin Firth, and yeah. um, to, to me, this is a real reintroduction. I mean, I think we'd, if you're me, like I'd seen him in the BBC slash A and E co-production of Pride and Prejudice. That mm-hmm. was the six-part miniseries that uh, aired on over in, in North America on A and E. Here, I guess, would be on the BBC. Yeah, and they they co-produced it so they could show it in both places. And that was big, but it was big in a very niche market. And so I don't really remember Colin Firth in anything else until Bridget Jones. No, me I don't know what it was like over here. Same. Okay. Um. I mean, I know him from a lot of other stuff, but I can't remember. Yeah, but I think, I pro- think I probably, probably my, first, my so, first introduction. And then we get this, and this is after all that stuff. Yeah. And so uh, he kind of gets a little bit of a lease on life in North American films as that token um, as that token sort of British guy, that yeah, suave yeah, yeah. guy of a certain age. What was the film of Amanda Bynes where she goes to Britain to meet her father who ends up being like a the lord? child. No, it's not Wild Child. I love Wild Child. Can we talk about Wild Child? <laughs> no. But Colin Firth plays the dad in that. And it's a terrible film. Oh, is it? But I was like, oh, you're really struggling to find your way. Really until he does like Mamma Mia, I think he really struggles to find another. He struggles to find the key in Mamma Mia. But, well, so did everyone. In a movie with Pierce Brosnan, there's no, you don't get to complain about uh, Colin Firth. <laughs> I, I'm going to say this on record. Piers Brosnan was phenomenal in that film. Yeah, Sydney I was atrocious Brosnan. in that film. Um, what a Girl Wants. I don't care. What a Girl Wants. I, I thought care. it was What a Girl Wants. I shouldn't have hedged. Um, and so, anyway, he gets this role, which is really interesting, because this is a retelling of Pride and Prejudice, yeah. and he gets the same role. That's cool. Which is which is cool. But I remember at the time, um, in the press, they made such a big deal about it. Yeah. So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, as far yeah, as like... Yeah. I, I guess that was a pull on the, the promotional side of things. I think so. Come see the modern retelling. Yeah, and there yeah, were yeah. some lines that were lifted right out of Pride and Prejudice in this. Oh, usually cool. delivered, usually delivered by Mark Darcy. Nice. But Bridget did have one. Uh, I'll see if I've written it down at some point. We'll see. Was it the one where she goes, Fuck. No, it was, that was it's not from the, it. It's the truth universally it is a truth acknowledged universally that acknowledged that. And it's supposed to be. It's the opening line of Prime Prejudice. It's a truth universally acknowledged that a man in possession of a fortune must be in want of a wife. Oh. A.K.A. 
Yeah, everybody assumes yeah, that these yeah, yeah, single yeah. rich guys are just dying to get married, with the <laughs> fact that they're, they're not. No. Um, and so Bridget is alone with Mark Darcy as she approaches him, and she can't shut up, and she's just like just run away at the mouth, which became kind of her gimmick. Like you get Bridget alone with someone, and she's going to ramble. But it also introduces her New Year's resolutions, doesn't it? So yeah, so we quite a nice so we find out she's hungover Thanks. and she's going to drink less, smoke less, and stop talking nonstop. Which of course she's she's doing all these things as well, she does think- this. I think one of them's a lie, though. I don't think she actually is hungover from the night before, is she? No, I think it's her cover. Yeah, yeah. But she is saying there's a drink in one hand and a smoke in the next. Yeah, yeah. And Liam, you talked about this. The thing that dates this movie. Oh, the smoking. All this, everybody's smoking. The smoke, smoke, smoke in every single scene. Was it the smoke in England back then? Yes. That people were smoking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Renee Zellweger smoked herbal cigarettes for this instead of tobacco because she had to smoke so much during uh, the film. And the fact that they smoked in restaurants, bars, and everywhere. There was a lot of smoking. Like at the yeah. dinner party, they've all got cigarettes in their hands. You I'm know. like, jeez, Louise. Because we were quite late to the party with the... Um, the no smoking thing? The no smoking oh, really? thing okay. in public places. Yeah. I remember that coming through for with yeah. pubs. So yeah. that's not that long ago at all. No, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. So... So um, glad they did, though. And then Mark is overheard. He he kind of makes an excuse. Like, Bridget just keeps talking, and he finally goes, maybe it's time to eat, and he just walks away. And then his mother's got a little bit of Bridget's mother in him as well, where she comes in and goes, oh, what did you think of... Uh what do you think of Bridget? And he kind of just goes and says, don't even think about this. Uh, I've got... I don't know. And he just kind of... The quote. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Mother, I do not need a blind date, particularly with some verbally incompetent spinster who drinks like a chim... Uh, sorry, smokes like a chimney, drinks like a fish, and dresses like her mother. And Bridget nice. overhears all this. And this is kind Harsh. of beat for beat, kind of... Not not exactly like the, the list of things, but in, in early scenes of Pride and Prejudice, uh, Elizabeth Bennet, the heroine, who's nothing like Bridget Jones. Right. Um overhears Mark Darcy kind of saying something to her and basically just saying she's a woman of low acquaintance and that the family's embarrassing themselves because the girls are silly oh, okay, yeah. and the mother is ridiculous. So those parts have been copied over. But, oh, I see. But the lead character in Pride and Prejudice is actually a very smart girl oh. as opposed to Bridget. I need to go and watch this. It's, it is very good, but I would recommend highly the six-part A&E yeah, BBC yeah, yeah. version and not the terrible Kira Knightley reimagining. Mm. Which is, it's not bad. It's just bad in comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, then we get to um, pre- credits and what is one of the iconic scenes in Bridget Jones's diary Love as it. she goes home and she drinks. And this is an important thing because it sets the tone for what Bridget Jones is going to be because it's a hard mix to get. We have to laugh at this girl. We have to realize she's flawed. Look yeah. at all the mistakes she makes and yet still laugh and still root for her. That's not an easy combination to make, actually. Well, I fell in love with her at this point. <laughs> well, this is the bit where it's, what is that? When I was young, yeah. I never needed anyone. anyone. And she's getting progressively more drunk throughout this montage. And as she does her big, like, boom, 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 ba, ba, boom. And at that point, sale. she's like full, like, lip syncing drunk along to it. And it has the title card come up. It's like it there. comes out of her hand, yeah, isn't it? It's amazing. Oh, it's so, so good. good. It is so good. Um, so I just want to let you know that um, Pride and Prejudice does qualify for best film ever. <laughs> Does it? Okay. It's, it's, it, it's, it's a long watch. It's a long watch. Um, and it's like three hours plus. And so, but it's fantastic. Uh, and the, so. The Keira Knightley film, I mean. Oh, I don't want to see that. Well, the other one's not a film. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, and so it's so hot. I don't know. I've never been able to cr- accurately portray drunk. I really struggle with that on stage. I can't, I can't do it. But she's very good at this, I thought. I'm oh, very good at it. I think what, I'm pretend, pre- pretending to be drunk? Yeah, I think, oh, okay. I'm, I think I'm pretty good at being drunk. What, being drunk or pretending to be drunk? Like, I'm pretty good at... <laughs> like, 
you give me enough drinks to me, I'm good at being drunk. <laughs> yeah. But actually pretending to be drunk when I'm not. No. Oh, I'm no. Sure I've never tried. I can do that. Oh, I really, I really struggle. I used to go on nights out. I used to go on nights out and be stone cold sober and <laughs> and I pretend to be drunk. See, I think this is where me and Liam are probably quite similar. I never drank much when I was younger, and so well, in people. Well, maybe you didn't have the same expectation of people being like, "Oh, but you should, you're no fun if you're not drunk." Oh, no, so I had you, all that. You, oh, okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> you. I pretended that I was drunk in order to get past that. Oh, really? So then, I was just cool with saying I, I, I don't want to drink. Yeah, same. I, I just just to go out and just tend to be drunk just because it was it's easier. Easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. When you're the designated driver, you can't be drunk. And so no. we have the hangover and the legacy. And the legacy is the next day she decides, that's it. I am. It's January 2nd. I am going to keep a journal, a diary. Yes. The year really starts on January 2nd, doesn't yeah. it? it does. And uh, this that's is where we find out she had 50 alcohol units. And I'm like, in yeah. what span? It's like, jeez. I think she put 30 crossed out. Like, 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 like I, 50. I know a pint is like... 2.8 two, two, units yeah, yeah, yeah. or something that's, like that. That's a hell of a lot of units. But I'm still like, that's like, that's like 17 pints in a week. Woo. I'm so like, women are supposed to drink less as well. Yeah. yeah I'm, 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 oh, it's, it's insane. Now, granted, this makes her flawed and it makes her likable and it makes her Vienna because she is a more, and the important thing is we need to have what's called audience superiority. We need to feel in some regard we are better than Bridget for this film to make sense. Yeah. And so I say in 50, no matter really who you are, you can go, well, I'm not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> There are 3.2 units in a large glass of red wine. There we go. So she's drinking 10 glasses of red wine in a week. So that's maybe two most days. Most, yeah. Or like... or one four days of the week and then really getting hammered on one of the nights of the weekend. I guess that's re- uh, reasonable. I don't know. I don't drink red wine. It's mm. quite a lot. It's quite a lot. Okay. Yeah, it is a lot. Um, every night. And a large. I mean, there are different sizes of red wine, Yeah, obviously. well, there's, there's three three large glasses in a bottle. Okay. Come from experience. So there we go. <laughs> Uh, she, she wants to lose. Tw- she wants to lose twenty pounds. She wants to make sure she remembers to put last night's pants in the laundry basket. Hang on, hang on. For someone who's English, what's twenty pounds? Twenty pounds is something like eight kilograms. What's that in stone? Oh, it's one stone six pounds. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm with you. Um, and so just over a stone. So she needs to remember. <laughs> stone I and a half. Put put, <laughs> put put last night's pants in the bin, which is underwear for a yeah. North American listener. She means you know just yeah. cha- change your knickers. And um, don't date. And there's a whole list. I don't know if anybody has the the, the full quote. Ellie, do you have it by any chance? I didn't write it down. But, but it's like, don't date fuckwits, alcoholics, fuck workaholics, fuck peeping toms, perverts, yeah. yada, yada, yada. And especially the one man who quantifies all these things. And this is the perfect. Because at this point, we get ding and the elevator doors open. <laughs> we get Hugh Grant. We get, what you want? <laughs> Baby, I got it. And I don't care what it is. Hugh Grant is the man in this film. He's brilliant. Hugh Grant is so good. Because this is not easy. As we said, Bridget has to be all these things and still be likable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel Cleaver has to be a scumbag. And yet you still have to go. And you still have to read for him. You still have to go, oh, he's good. He's good. He's, he's, good. he's beautiful. Oh, he's, it's more than just being pretty, though. There's yeah, something about the way yeah, he delivers yeah. this. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and so uh, then we find out that it, it shouldn't be a problem anyway because um, Bridget had a bad night at the Christmas party where we see Bridget drunk again, again doing a very good drunk version and singing bad karaoke. Do you know what I think is about Hugh Grant in this? What? His honesty. When he's caught, he's caught. Do you know what I mean? He's like, oh, okay. I don't, I, don't, I don't think he's really caught. He's caught. I think he's still peddling BS. No, you, you kind of see him. Well, let's talk about this when we get to the parts he where he's caught. Uh, do you know what I mean? He kind of he kind of just goes, oh, well, you know, I've been caught here. But he does tell her the story in reverse and say that um, <laughs> Mr. Darcy stole his fiance. Well, yeah, there's, there's, there's all that. What I mean, I mean, when he's 
like when he's caught red-handed. <laughs> he's just like, yeah. When okay. he can't get away with lying, Wait, he's honest. He's not. <laughs> What's he supposed to go? She's here to fix the bathtub. Well, no, I know, but it's, <laughs> you know, there's, there's no groveling. There's no there wasn't nothing. any hot it's water just, in the room next door, like, so she came and uh, Okay, you throw my hands up. Do you know what I mean, <laughs> I just, I, I like him. I like him for this. Oh. Anyway, let's uh, <laughs> let's go back to his introduction, which was great, and the flashback, and then we get met. We, we meet the people around the office, and we meet Mister Fitzherbert. Who, that is an that is so clever. Please. so clever. Um, who, Do you think they who fit keeps me? calling her Brenda? <laughs> I love how he even does it at the book launch yeah. as well. <laughs> Sorry, you were going to say that? Uh, the tits pervert bit. Do you think they came up with that bit first and then tried to put the name? to that or do you think the name just came and they I think you started with Tits Herbert yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely yeah, 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 yeah. the thing yeah, yeah, yeah. is Fitzherbert is such a like British surname as well do? so it's hmm, we have Fitzherbert what can we do we're always lucky enough but it happens yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't I think, think so. it probably no was way. the other way around but it's totally he believable is, that his name uh, would be he is again Fitzherbert. another one of these British archetypes he is or not just archetypes in Britain but, or, but, but, but the, the guy at work who only objectifies you and can't even learn your name but he's yeah. going to check out your, how you look in your top because he can yeah because he can, can, can. <laughs> and we meet, is it Perpetua? Yeah. That is a strange, I've never come across that name no, before. No, me either. Perpetua. That's very middle class England, isn't it? And then it? we get a phone call from Jude. And Jude is one of uh, Bridget Jones's friends. And she's in a bathroom crying, which <laughs> if you're, we all recognized it because we're used to seeing her cry in bathrooms. Yeah. This is Moaning Myrtle. Yeah. So we just kind of went. And Georgia, you weren't a fan of uh, Jude, the actress who plays her, Moaning Myrtle. I'm not. I'm not. I just don't to think she's that good. No, yeah. me I don't. I don't recall really saying saying that. I think that, that, that was Liam. me. Yeah, that oh, was me. it you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, she's whiny in everything she does. But that's her character, isn't it? Oh. Well, is it or is it just, just we've seen her in two things? And it's yeah, the same yeah, thing yeah, in both yeah, of those. Yeah, yeah. And just, she was in another TV program thing, and she was kind of was the same it? in that. I feel like we need someone who can cry in a bathroom. I know. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Sean Bean, Sean Bean always dies. This woman always cries in bathrooms. That's just kind of what happens. But I did love her haircut in this. <laughs> I felt her group of friends were inconsistent as yes. far as like what were their purpose. I don't know if I don't know if more scenes ended up on the cutting room floor, but it seems like they were just there when you needed her to have someone to talk to. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was reading that when I was when I was looking up for context stuff earlier on, and I was thinking, but I love her friends. Her friends are in it so much, and then actually watching they're it not. back, they're not. They're, they're, not. Not. they're only in it when she needs someone to talk to about how the big mistakes yeah. she's made. At work. I think it's board. because Shazza is such a big character in the Number second two. one. So she's in my head, in she's a massive character, and yep. actually in this, she barely speaks. And then we get the lie at work where she's obviously she's talking to Jude she's try, and she tries to cover by saying, and we think that some people think this about Kafka's motorbike, but actually we think this, this. And she makes up someone who she says it, it happened. And Daniel's like, the director of arts and culture. And she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. F.R. Levis. Sure. Uh, the, the, the same F.R. Levis who died in 1974. <laughs> and then we just get like the Chiron at the bottom from the diary. She goes, fuck. That's brilliant. <laughs> and it was good because in a sense we're like in real time. Yeah. And, and like she's an, an interesting storytelling device but she would say something to cue up literally the line of dialogue as it came across and that mm. felt very tightly wound. The script would have to be fairly tight on this sort of a thing. I felt it was kind of like um, how Ali McBeal used to be. You know when she used to have her thoughts and stuff? It is very Ali McBeal-esque. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're not yeah. wrong. Uh, and then we go to the pub, and we meet Shazza. And Shazza, Shazza likes to say fuck. She does. I love Shazza. I know we've just established she's not in this one very much, but she, I just love all of her lines. Oh. And then there's the, uh, there's, there's the gay man friend who um, like is... 
he felt a little bit forced in. Yes. Actually, I would argue that both Jude... I, I like Shazza, but I think Shazza's the only one with any depth. I think the other... Tom was surprisingly, my favorite. Really? Yeah. This and is so, his um, acting debut. Is it? Or f- film, okay. maybe film debut. And then the, mm. uh, apparently his character is that he was a guy who once sang a song. Yeah. And so that's... pop icon. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's a slight cameo. Liam, you recognized it from... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Noel Clark. Noel Clark, who, yes. amongst other things, was yes. a companion of a doctor. He was. Uh, Eccleston and a little bit into Tenant. He was kind of Rose Tyler's, oh, I love her, kind he, of on-again, off-again boyfriend. Yeah. I thought I recognized him. Yeah, that's yeah. who that was. Uh, I think he's great. He, he obviously didn't really break through into anything. He's also a writer He's, he's, well, he's really big in North... He's, he's, he's really big here in the UK, yeah, but he yeah, never yeah. really did anything globally, yeah. which is weird. because not, I mean, not as Rose Tyler. No. She's kind of only stayed big in Britain. Yeah, Billy Piper. Um, while we're on the subject of the Friends, it's probably a good time to mention that Shazza, um, so Sally, I've forgotten her surname, um, was considered for the role of Bridget Jones. That would make sense. She was um, comedian she, in her day, I think. Was she? Well, she's she's in Miranda. Yeah, she was. She's amazing. She was. She was very charismatic. Like she, she sort of steals the stuff. scenes that she's in. She used to have yeah, a TV Sally show Phillips, herself. Okay, with another guy. I'm pretty oh, sure. I, don't know, I haven't seen it. And oh, but yeah, ago. they were they were obviously they didn't give her the part, but they were impressed with the audition enough to cast her in the film anyway. So cool. And then we get the next day, and Bridget Jones's top I have is very boobarific. This top is ridiculous. This isn't the see through one. Yeah. This oh. isn't the see through one. This is like the pink fuzzy one that's just really oh, I don't oh the jumper. pink fuzzy one. That's because oh, this is when the, Daniel the sends the email about the skirt, and yeah. I hadn't oh, even yeah, noticed. Sorry, it's the I next. hadn't even noticed the skirt. I, I, I think that, I, isn't I that the point the though? The skirt's so short. That you yeah, 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 yeah. You would notice. Like, my argument is that like the, the skirt wasn't what I was drawn to when she walked by. I was like, I noticed. I was like, I was like, I didn't notice. I was like, that's a really nice jumper. And I went, that's a really nice. And Daniel sends the email and says, it's so charming. I know. Yeah. Apparently, you seem to have forgotten your skirt. It's skirt off sick, <laughs> which is which is funnier than her comeback. Yeah, she's I mean, she's quite proud of herself, and it's not bad. But the whole idea of you know skirt is neither off nor is it sick. Um, I uh, skirt um, criticizes or, or is disappointed by management's uh, sizest opinion of skirt. <laughs> so just management sick, not skirt. And he kind of gives her a little. Hmm. But then he looks at her. And by looks at her, I mean he looks at the camera, which is us. I love, I love how he's on the phone. Yeah, and, he just and he's just, you know, just it. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a bit more charming. And as then well. he looks, and he kind of stares, and we're like, "Oh, Daniel Cleaver, <laughs> you're so pretty." Yes, please. <laughs> um, and he, I've got my notes. Hugh Grant has a look that would make me blush <laughs> as he's using like MSN for his emails and his chats. And I'm like, "Hello, 2001. How are you?" Uh, and then we get this montage of flirting, floppy hair. which is I mean, the soundtrack in this film is so good. The soundtrack is amazing. And we get "Don't Get Me Wrong," and it's like this is where like they're flirting hardcore, and she yeah. comes in with the ridiculous top where yeah. you can see like her Madonna esque black this is not bra. A good top underneath. No, this is you not. Would never this wear is, that to work. This is not also, professional, is, is it? No, is it but. She's not doing no, it professionally, it's just though, terrible. is it? And it looks crinkled. It looks yeah, like she just pulled it out of a, out like, of a wash laundry bin. basket or something. <laughs> but it's just so inappropriate. Yeah, but it's supposed to be. And in the montage, though, we have this thing where he's like, uh, you know, she, she, she accuses him of like, you're, you're sexually harassing me, blah, blah, blah. She says, oh, 100%. Didn't mean to offend. Will not happen again. We'll keep things strictly professional. P.S. Love your tits in that top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, I mean again, a very different film to watch in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, oh, you'd be done. You would, wouldn't you? This would be this would be forwarded to every every person. He needs to be the scoundrel, but I think there's something of the time where it was he was the lovable rogue Lothario of the who's a totally abusing his position, of course. But from a, a narrative, a storytelling perspective, it was a fun narrative to have. Yeah. 
I don't know. That's just me. I wouldn't approve of it for a moment in real life, but in a movie, I can go, it's a movie. Mm-hmm. Movie's got a movie. Movie's got a movie. No, you don't steal mine. My- <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's my line. And we have the wedding daydream where, you know, she stops and, she, and all of a sudden Hugh Grant goes, yes, yes, yes. But it all started with some rather innocuous flirting about the size of Bridget's skirt. <laughs> and she's like, oh, stop it. It was like, ha, 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 ha. And then they go in real life into the lift, and Daniel follows her into the lift and kind of gets behind her, and then promptly proceeds to just casually put his, his hand on her backside. Bum. Yep, yep, and just has a whole conversation with other people while his mm-hmm. hands on her backside. I love the look on her face. <laughs> you see, this isn't something as guys that we really have to worry about on the other side. I mean, it's happened. It's happened. Mm. But as far as like, I'm never, you know, never to worry about like an, like a boss doing this or something like that. So what is the protocols of us and what's even going through the head when this happens? <laughs> I don't know. Does anybody know? Most of my bosses have been female, so. Okay. Well, you know, e- equal rights. It's possible that they, 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 could, they, could, they could also be violators of some sort. No, none of them have We been. just want to explicitly state that they have not. We are making a joke. They're We're definitely not. A joke. No, I once yeah. had a female colleague slap me around the ass. That wasn't fun. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird because some people think, oh, if it's girl, it's okay. And da-da-da-da-da. Um, I think it's just a just general rule of thumb. Just, just, just keep the hands off the bum. <laughs> rule of thumb. Rule of thumb. Thumbs <laughs> off the bum. Thumbs off the bum. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it there. Um, oh, that's funny. And so, um, and then they determine, and, and and Bridget is propositioned by Daniel uh, about, do you want to go out for dinner? Come on, let me take let me take your your skirt. Your skirt. Let me take your skirt out for dinner. Maybe 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 fly it up a little like that. And he says, "You can come along too if you want." <laughs> He's so charming, and she goes, "No, I think I'm okay. What about tomorrow? Tomorrow's the book launch. Well, maybe after that, we'll see." And she walks away, and it's like she has all the power. She does. And then she, what she nails that. And then, but then what, she, then what she do? She goes to her friends and goes, "What do I do?" And I'm like, "No, you actually handled yourself really really well there." But I love I love Jude's response because she says. No pressure, Bridge, but your whole future happiness now depends on how you look on this one special well, occasion. How you, how you, how you occasion. act in the next 24 hours. And so one of the things is ignore Daniel and suck up to famous author. And she keeps practicing how it's terrible about Chechnya. <laughs> Chechnya. Which the danger of this is if someone goes, yeah, I know. What do you think the worst part is? And she's done. Like, yeah. There's nothing behind that. <laughs> no. Uh, and so there's also a story about coming up with thoughtful details. And it's like, oh, this is, you know, Natasha. Natasha likes horseback riding and poetry. And Natasha, this is Daniel. Daniel likes, Daniel works in publishing and comes. And then there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a punchline after that. Good old Shasta. And I remember watching this, maybe for the first time. No, it wasn't the first time. It was like the second time. With my, <laughs> with my ex and her mother. <laughs> and we get to that line. And her mom wasn't big on swearing in movies. But no, it's really, really funny. And I had forgotten about this scene. And that was it. The TV went off after that. <laughs> <laughs> that was not one that passed the mustard. No, 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 no. And so um, then we have this moment where Bridget is weighing out the pros and cons of two pairs of underwear. Yes. And there's this pair of underwear that's supposed to be the good-looking pair of underwear, which are like tiger-striped. Oh, no, no, that's, that's the second. No, that's second, yeah. These first ones are just a black, black thong. Oh, it's a black yeah. thong, sorry. Yeah. It's a black it's thong. It's a little bit see-through as well. It's a black Very thong, see-through. a little bit see-through. And I was like, mm. or, or like these giant, like, Stomach controlling spanks. spanks, spanks okay, yeah. stomach controlling underwear, and she goes, "Well, these are the better choice, but chances of getting to that point are greater if I wear these." Now, to be fair, he had pretty much offered her to go home yeah. for sex the previous day. Like <laughs> sealing the deal with Daniel Cleaver has nothing to do with this. Actually, no. basically, just going, 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. But she decides, I'm going to go for the big tummy controlling spanks because they will be the most helpful. Now, again, the thought process being, I mentioned it earlier while we were watching the film, but then what do you do once they're successful, as Bridget would find out? Like, how does this thought not enter her mind? Georgia and I had a bit of a solution to this, Go ahead. didn't we, while we were watching? Yeah, I think we've all thought this through before. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't wear, you wear both of them. You wear both. And you wear the nice ones underneath, and you wear the spanks over the top. And then just before things happen, you go to the toilet, you take the spanks off, you put them in your bag or in your pocket or whatever, and then, da-da, they don't have enough time to notice that you're not no longer tucked into high heaven. Okay. And you put your nice knickers on. High but also, heaven. even on a non like romantic date kind of setting, I've I've worn spanks before and I always put other underwear on underneath. Yeah, but I would never bit... wear them without. Do people really go weird. to the bathroom when you're in the moment? Well, I don't think so. If you're wearing spanks, yeah. No, yeah. That ruins the moment. Every... Well, you do it before. you don't do it right at the clinch moment. You do it like before, when you get to yeah. his house. Every time like... every time uh, I've been wearing them I go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> There's an image. So, <laughs> that will not be on the Twitter account this week. <laughs> um, and then we go to the launch, and it all goes wrong, of course. And um, it just happens that Mark Darcy is there, because why wouldn't a top barrister be at a book publishing launch? Exactly. Right. Of course, for a really crappy book as well. It wasn't yeah. even like a book on law. This is like Mary Poppins or... London. There's like of 12 course. people who live in yeah. London, and they oh, all no. go to the same but events. But there are some influential people there. Yeah, I think it's Salman Rushdie. Salman, Salman Rushdie, Rushdie yeah. and Archer. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah. But it all goes wrong. And so Bridget tries to work herself into this, and she has to introduce Mark Darcy to Perpetua. Yep. And so she, Such a strange name. And I can't she introduces get over him, it. and she goes, Oh, Perpetua works in publishing, da 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 da. And this is Mark Darcy, and I. And she, she kind of bombs. And then Mark has to introduce Bridget to Natasha. I think she does really well. Does she? She does her fake version first, her fantasy version, yes, where she just slags them both off, and then yeah. she does the really polite version, oh, and it's just perfect. The oh, right, right. Because she Mark does the classy comes thing. Back as a dick. And then Mark yeah. comes back as a dick, because all of a sudden we meet Natasha, who is like this gorgeous woman. We're supposed to believe she's a gorgeous woman. And, uh, I wasn't that impressed. No, oh, I, I think she's attractive. <laughs> no. But she Wow. But it's also but the idea that she's really clever, isn't she? And she's she? clearly she's... represented as the polar opposite to Bridget. Yeah. So Bridget yeah, yeah, is yeah. a little bit big. She's quite thin. And she's also she's very blonde. tall. Bridget is blonde. Well, Natasha brunette. is brunette. Not as tall yeah. as Rebecca Gillies. But... Um, Bridget has short hair, has long hair. Natasha has short yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. Bridget's kind of an idiot. Uh, Natasha's a brilliant legal mind. Yeah, yeah. And so every reason you could have for her to feel insecure is represented by this character. But also, Bridget is not fat in the slightest. No. no. Like, but, uh, no, no, we're not saying that. No, but, no, no, but she, we're supposed to think that she is, and she is not. No, she's yes, not. She's but, three stone light. But, 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 the but the film tells us over and over yeah, again. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. She thinks. Well, yeah, no, I'm just saying yeah. I think okay. that's wrong. Even for 2001, she's tiny. Yeah. Yeah, but she's thinking these things. Uh, and so then the, 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 the final they come back is that Mark goes, oh, this is Natasha. She was a top barrister, yada, yada, yada. And this is, uh, is Bridget Jones, who used to play around naked in my paddling pool. <laughs> And she goes, oh. And this is where we establish. <laughs> oh. This is where we establish. Natasha is the competition for Bridget. Yes. Because we can see where the movie's going, and it's going to be okay. If you want to get to Mark, the obstacle in the way, there's two of them. There's, there's Daniel Cleaver. Yeah. And there's Natasha. Although Natasha's woefully underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. She's just there to look snide. Mm. Yeah. That's what she's there for. Yeah. Mm. And so Bridget goes up, and she has to introduce... <laughs> Um, for Kafka's motorbike, whatever the author's name was, she needs to introduce. But she needs to introduce Mister Fitzherbert, who's then going to introduce yeah. this, this weird ego trip Fitz, Fitzherbert's doing. Almost did it there. <laughs> and uh, she goes, and she gets the microphone to work, and she just goes, "Oi!" Projects, "Oi!" And if, uh, if anybody in, in outside of Britain might not know, but I mean, "Oi" is a pretty low class word. Yeah, 
It's not excuse me. It's not can I have your attention, please. Not, Hello, no. everybody. If I could just. It's, it's not just, even hey, is it? It's, no, it's not even hey. Oi. It's 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 Oi, very you. it's very rough. It's very working class. <laughs> yeah. It's very you, you at a posh event like this. It's the worst thing she could have said to bring herself out of their league. And then she goes, oh, wait, wait. and she tries to like introduce and she. And, and the decision that, that they've made is the finest book of our time or something like the that. The greatest book, greatest book of our time. time yeah. Which is just, it's just a marketing slogan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I don't think anybody would have judged her. But then she starts looking in the room and sees all these other people. And the goodwill in, 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 in her goes, well, I don't want them to feel bad. I don't want Salman Rushdie to feel bad. She yeah. goes, well, except for yours, Mr. Rushdie, because your books are very good. And Mr. Yeah. Archer, you've got some excellent. So probably one of the top 30 books of our time anyway. Yeah. And she introduces him. And the whole time, though, we cut to Daniel Cleaver, Hugh Grant, and he's just smiling. He's I would, like, he's, I would. Just, he's not rescuing her. And no, he could. No. He could. That's the thing. But he just lets her struggle. But he finds, but he finds this weird, quiet charm in There's this. There's a charm. I found a charm in this. And um, She's full of charm. She is. And so up goes Mr. Fitzherbert. And she has to go, tits pervert, tits pervert, tits pervert, <laughs> Fitzherbert. And he, up he goes, and he goes, thank you, Brenda. And then he, so he goes, I'll just turn this on now, shall I? <laughs> Dick. Very condescending. I don't know. I think maybe before you go up there, you check and make sure how to make sure the, that the mic works. Hmm. And so... Yeah, but um, you don't call her out on it. And as... So um, Daniel Cleaver goes up and to rescue her, because now she's disarmed. Now she's vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? Now she's, 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 he's able to come in for, for, for the... And he's going to rescue her. Let, come on, let's, let, me, let me take you out of here. I'll take you and your... No, I thought it was really, really good. I think we should go. And then they go for a date. And we can see through a focus pull as they walk away that Mark Darcy's watching because, you know, there's nothing else to do in London. Uh, <laughs> night, and, and he doesn't approve. He's, 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 he's got his grumpy face on. Of course. Yeah, which he has for most of the movie. He does. Right? He does. I was going to say that. And we get to the first date. And uh, this is where she says, well, how do you know Mark Wanker Darcy? That seemed to be his <laughs> Arcee Darcy. middle name. Oh, Arcee Darcy yeah. in this one. <laughs> and it was, I like Wanker Darcy. And it was, uh, it was I used to, she goes, I used to paddle around naked in his paddling pool. And he goes, I bet you did, you dirty bitch. <laughs> you? And, he, and she goes, well, well, how do you know him? He went, same. Same, yeah. <laughs> same story. And we get the backstory. And the backstory, as Daniel tells it, is that his fiance. Say, um, had an affair with uh, Mark Darcy. Darcy yeah. And as a result, he's never really been able to forgive him. And this plays into Bridget's idea of, I don't like this guy. He's, I, a, he, he's, he's a jerk. When I first watched this movie, I believed him. Oh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Did I mean? Cause, I, cause, and I think you have to. There's no reason not yeah. to, because why? Especially yeah. with what the story ends up being. And we've been conditioned. He's a jerk. Yeah. Now we're going to go. I think we're still going. They're going to end up together. That's what the movie's told me is probably going to happen. Yeah. But it, it's, it's a pretty big story. And so. Uh, he says, um, she goes, come home with me. She goes, nope, 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 not coming home, not coming home. He goes, and then he kisses her. And it's a long kiss. I don't mean there's, a, there's not a lot of kissing that happens. It's one kiss, but it's a long kiss. And they zoom right in on their, their faces of the whole screen. I just thought it, it just held forever. Maybe that was the, the clause in the Hugh Grant contract. Maybe. <laughs> and then we get the sex scene. Well, by sex scene, I mean they're making out on the floor. And he starts disappearing down. And she, we get the shot stays on Bridget. Yeah. And we just hear him go. This is a really silly little dress, <laughs> and these are some silly little boots. And I, for every time I watch this, I forget. Yeah. I forget. I just do. This is this is my big thing, actually. Why does why has she forgotten well, that she's wearing? I them? forget. Like you can't she forget. Doesn't. No, no, yeah. she should. The minute they get home, it should to his house. It should, unless she's had anything to drink, which we don't really see. She's drunk. 
No, but she's even drunk. unless you were completely hammered, yeah. you would not forget that you but had. But all of a sudden, control. she goes, "Oh, but he's so charming." Even in this, he's yeah. like, "Oh, oh yeah, like, he, he goes, hello, mummy." <laughs> and, and, and oh, I think only when you're British, can, I love him. Can you get away with it? Oh no, I want to have another look. I think. Oh, he goes. He goes. Oh no, he goes. Oh, actually, actually, I'm wearing something very similar right now. If you just look, and he goes like pull down like his belt line, and he makes her at ease. He and does. there's something. Not nice, but there's something very charming. In, in the moment, there's a oh, niceness yeah. about him. Absolutely. Because, now, granted, if she's embarrassed, she might shut down. So maybe he's just worrying about sealing the deal, so to speak. But there is something in the moment that if it's, it's, if, if, if it's about kindness for a night. Yeah. Because she's there. He doesn't manipulate. He, he kind of swoops in. But he doesn't manipulate her to get her there, I don't think. He asks her a question. Yeah. He kisses her. Yeah. He doesn't say... Hey, I'm gonna <laughs> kiss you, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you against you the door, and you don't have to kiss me back. But, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> and you, you also get a cut in the middle of it, so you don't see kind of the build up. You just see the kiss, and then they get in a taxi. I think the theory is the kiss was that good that it finally melts away her yeah. her yeah. resolve. But I mean, like there could have been more conversation and stuff in yeah. between because it doesn't. I think we should go because we can see those two things. It, it, what happens is it creates a cause and an effect. Yeah. So the kiss was good. I'm going home with him. Yeah. Um, and so and we know that she was planning on it anyway. To be fair, yes. And so, um, and so we get this little montage, kind of, of them having uh, a slight uh, romance over a couple of days, and we get the idea that she's like losing weight, but she's smoking cigarettes, but they're all after sex. <laughs> and how many shots in this movie are Bridget Jones walking across bridges in London while oh, they're like, no, "Oh no. my word!" It's like, what do we do? Cut to Bridget walking. Bridge, bridge on a bridge. Just bridge. We <laughs> spend one day just walk around London, would you? We'll, we'll put in graphics behind you afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just you know, do one where you're sad, do one where you're happy, do one where you're conflicted, do one where you're celebratory. We'll just get them all. <laughs> Stupid. Um, and she asks at one point, they're in bed. She goes, "What do we say at the office?" And he goes, "Well, oh, what, what, what do we do at the office?" And he goes, "Well, it's this little thing we have called publishing, where we take lots of these uh, ideas, we call them words, we put them in the page, and we buy them ourselves, <laughs> we call them books." Just no, I mean us. And he goes, "Well, let's not, you know, yeah. we started on Tuesday. It's Thursday. I don't necessarily think it's a long-term romance yet. At which point there should be alarm bells going off in Bridget's head. But she's also in denial. Yeah. And I think we've either been or or, or we've known someone who's been in denial about a relationship. And you're like, yes. I think you think more is happening here than they do. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> And so... Um, and then her mum calls. Then her mum calls. Well, the phone rings, and she just goes, Bridget Jones wants a sex goddess with a very bad man between her thighs. <laughs> and especially in, like, 2001, where there's no, like, call display. Like, <laughs> no. there's a really dangerous... Like, who else is going to be calling you in the middle of the night? It's going to be... A- <laughs> Shazza, Jude, or Tom, I guess. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't Dad. Uh, <laughs> Although I think Dad would have been, Dad like... Dad would have been cooler with it, I think. And yeah. Dad would have gone... Hello, Bridget. <laughs> and so you can, can, can. this is where, and, and we cut here, and it's it, it's the idea of running the mum's little subplot now. We go to a shop, and this is where we get it's a truth universally acknowledged that if your love life's going right, then something else in your life is going to fall apart. And yep. we get the idea that mum's working as a sales rep for a phallic egg peeler. She's got this egg peeler that if you pump the egg peeler in the chamber, it <laughs> like deshells <laughs> it deshells the egg. But then the problem is you get a little bit of spray <laughs> I mean it's very phallic and very British I don't think this would have really I don't think people would have thought to write this into a North American film script no, no. and so uh, this is where we find out that mom is her sales rep and she's um, kind of having a, mid- a midlife crisis 
and she starts telling Bridget the wonderful maternal story of having children <laughs> isn't all it's cracked up to be, and given the chance, I don't think I'd do it again. She's like, Mother, you know I'm your child, right? And she's like, well, I'm just saying, you know, make sure you get everything you want to out of life. And then she talks about this guy, Julian, who thinks she'll be a good, uh, a good assistant and on the has, home shopping network. Oh, she has no sex life as well. She has no sex life. Delightful information and to we share get, with your child. We get Julian shadowing here, uh, which is funny because, you know, he's got a shade of his own. And so then we go a few weeks later and dad has been left and mum is on the TV and they're peddling some genuine diamante. That yes. did make me laugh. Which is like yeah. fake diamonds, but real Genuine, fake diamonds. Real fake diamonds. And this is where Bridget gives her dad uh, advice that you shouldn't talk to everybody else and make make mom jealous because that's how I got my man. <laughs> and he's like, you've got, a, you've got a boyfriend. And she goes, yeah. And he goes, a real one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dad. And this is where, again, I mean, this film knew where to get out of a scene because we go from here to the mini break. Uh, and the question of is he a real boyfriend or not dad presents and then we have the payoff for this yeah a mini break means true love oh bridget is so delusional there's these people who i think we all know we've all been that person at some point where you take something you read way more into it it's like stop reading into it and just ask the question yeah and you'll get your answer but don't read it into a mini break means love i mean it's this glorious like 1930s 40s like era film score and this like pivoting 360 pan shots glorifies this car and she comes out with this like headscarf and sunglasses looking like a classic movie star and of course it starts to go wrong right at the start because the the, the headscarf comes off and her hair's Gets massive from 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 the drive. I like her hair. Oh, I do. That's what I look like when I get up. Is it? <laughs> and of course, who's there's only there's a wedding at this hotel they're going to. Oh, hang on, cliffhanger. Mark Darcy's there. <laughs> You're not going to believe this, but even outside of London, wow. it's going to be Mark Darcy. Wow. Yeah. There's only one hotel in the world. There's only one hotel in Crazy. London and out of London. Crazy. And so um, it's Mark Darcy and Natasha, and they're going to go ahead and work. And this is where we get the start of Mark Wanker Darcy. <laughs> he goes, oh, what an exciting life you lead. And I'll be honest with you, I think Mark, I know it's, it's for the sake of the movie, he holds on to the information for so long. But this movie would have been a lot shorter if he just went, hey, you stole my wife, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so... I think it's important that he's British for this because if it was an American maybe, film, he maybe. probably would have done. But he's just so polite and. And so now we cut, and you're not going to believe this as well. Not only are they in the only hotel together, but they both decide at the same time we should go on our boat trips, <laughs> and we should be within the same like 50 meters as each other. This is a great little scene. Oh, yeah. It is a great little scene because at this point, I I, I also want to be on the boat with with Daniel Cleaver and not yeah. the one with Mark Darcy. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, because he's you know he's. He starts, you know, listening to Keats, and then he's, he's smoking a cigarette, and he's like... Getting he's, drunk. He's get, getting drunk. He, like, mounts both boats. While they're in different boats, I don't know. So the scene could happen, I guess. Maybe. I like and, how he bumped into and the he goes, boat. And he goes, I'm going to board you. Yeah. <laughs> but then he's like, there once was a girl from... Would you like it? Sure. There, there was a young woman from Ealing who had a peculiar feeling. She lay on her back and opened her crack and pissed all over the ceiling. Yeah, so, like, you know, there are takes, so many different versions of that rhyme. I appreciated this he one. He takes yeah. this kind of um, highbrow kind of activity and brings it down to a lowbrow place. But it's, I love it. But it's so charming. It and is. when he comes out of the water, his cigarette is like <laughs> still in his mouth, but it's like dented in water yeah, yeah, yeah. at a 90 degree angle, almost like it's a phallic symbol that's now gone like it impotent. Yeah. yeah. It's just, and then of course Natasha's... happening in 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> and of course Natasha's going, oh, can you imagine? So immature. So, so childish. And Darcy's yeah. like, yeah. yeah, I kind of like this right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And so uh, also in there was the big I'm the king of the world reference. So there was yeah, a little yeah, bit of a Titanic, Titanic. And I'm like, that's pretty timely for 2001. I mean, Titanic's 98. Yeah. So 98, it's, it's yeah. pretty timely. And then we get the night after this whole idea. And we just get told by Bridget, you know, that thing you did is illegal in several countries. <laughs> and I'm like, that's like an anal sex joke. <laughs> Probably for the best your uh, mother-in-law turned this one off. <laughs> I don't think so because I, I think, don't think that was inf- got that. that's yeah. inferential. No, yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah, inferential. Yeah. Resisting that and just literally saying, "Your dick was s- in my butt." <laughs> well, I mean the first one, but yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> I don't even think that's as bad as like the joke about. Yeah, about that is yeah, worse. that was worse. And so um, it depends how you word word it though. And she it? leans over and goes, "Do you love me?" No. Oh. And he goes, you need to be quiet or else I'm going to do that thing again. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, oh, come on, Daniel, do you? And so at which point, he, all right, we're doing it again. She's like, you asked ah, for it. Yeah. No. And they pan from that. And I don't know if you noticed, but the shot continues all the way down outside the window. Yes. Until it's the couple on their wedding night. And you're like, one of these is a couple in love. One of them isn't. Can you guess which one's which? Hmm. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, and you're not going to believe this. It's not Daniel and Bridget. Yeah. Oh, Wait, really? What? Yeah, because in the, morning, in the morning, he's trying to get clear of Bridget, and he's doing, and this is brilliantly done, because I believe this is Hugh Grant acting well to be Mart, sorry, Daniel Cleaver poorly acting to get out. Yeah. Because he has that whole bit where he's like, they're going to shut us down, the... <laughs> Bastards! <laughs> it's like really badly done. So I think it's just to show that Daniel's not very good at, at very good at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's obviously been. Well, here's the question: Is it more that he's thrown off by the "I love you," which is what I think the movie wants us to think? But that would have no bearing if this woman, whose name I forget now, Laura, Laura is back from New York. That's that's, that, that's the real thing. He's got to go meet up with this Laura woman. Yeah. So her saying "I love you" is irrelevant. He was going to leave in the morning no matter what. Maybe like, maybe we're only meant to think that. Well, the movie wants us to go. He's going for one. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Because yeah. she even was back to you. know when I said I love you? I'm like, it wasn't about the I love you. It's about the girl in the yeah. other room. Yeah. Anyway, so um, he goes ahead and he leaves. And he's kind of a jerk to her. Because you just fan about in your little you know, see-through tops. And you're handing out the <laughs> press releases. And to be fair, from seeing the movie, that's pretty much my yeah. understanding of what she does. He's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that's what she's been asked to do. That's fine. Uh, oh wait! You think he actually went job description? Fanny about in uh, in see through tops and short little skirts, handing out press releases. No, but I think she's been asked to fanny about the press releases. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, and so then we get to the Vicar and Tart costume party, which I'm sorry, living in North America, I'm like, what? Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a genuine thing. Wait, this is so you have prostitutes and clergymen, tarts and vicars, tarts yeah. and vicars. Yeah. This is so weird. <laughs> From a North America perspective, I was like, wait, and I really struggled with this because I'm like, wait, why does she look like, why is her dad a priest? What is going on? Well, it's because it's so a juxtaposition. Juxtaposed, yeah. Yeah, well because, yeah. yeah, that's the one. That's, that's <laughs> no, good job, good job. Um, yeah. That, because, that's where the humor comes yeah, that's, from. Yeah. You take something very pure and take something very impure and you put them together. Yeah. But the idea of like, you're going to have like your, you're going to, like your, fa- like dad's going to see his daughter and her like prostitute get up. Well, well, yeah, it's totally well, gross. And that's probably why uh, the theme was actually cancelled. Yes, but... it'll be fine. Stuff. But Jeffrey didn't tell Bridget because <laughs> he wants to honk her bunny tail palm, whatever you call gross. it. Gross. Yeah. I do appreciate the fact they told us he wasn't her actual uncle. It makes yeah. it slightly better for oh, me. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and Jeffrey never calls. So I just get this close up on Jeffrey being like, hey, hey, hey. And so then, of course, Mark is there. 
Of course. And they're getting sandwiches or a barbecue or something like that. And he goes, oh, where's your where, – oh. and Jeffrey's like, where's your where's your boyfriend? She's like, oh, we had to go. Oh, chased him away already, which is kind of true. <laughs> and he, she goes, no, no, no. He goes, and someone goes, oh, um, Mark, do you know Daniel Cleaver? Is he a friend of yours? And he goes, absolutely not. And is she good enough for our bridge? And he goes – Absolutely not. I think I can say with all certainty, absolutely yeah. not. Confidence, yeah. And she goes, well, he says the same about you. And then Mark just looks confused. Now, rather than go, no, yeah. he slept with my wife. Yeah. He just kind of decides to go, I'm confused by this statement. It's because Natasha calls him from a distance, so he has to go. This was Natasha's role in this film. Yeah. Be, be an obstacle <laughs> and, just, and just be around as much as we need you to, but not really. Yeah. Uh, and then we're back at Daniel's, and uh, we... Can ha- we just take a moment? Oh, is this um, the, the relative who shows up? <laughs> um, this is Penny. Jeffrey didn't get in touch with her either. Oh, yeah. And it's this woman who's wearing this, like, oh, outfit, yes, and you think it's a hooker <laughs> outfit, and it's like, nope, she's just dressed kind of inappropriately. Which Lovely is a cameo. Dress, very exotic. Which is a cameo by Honor Blackman. Yeah, she's who's a, that? She's a, she was a very big actress back in the 60s. Um... And she also was in like um, absolutely fabulous and stuff. Oh, okay, the nineties. She she's she was a successful actress all the way through, really, from the sixties, seventies, eighties, and nineties, and okay, early two thousands. And so we go back to Daniels, and uh, Bridget very quickly becomes worried. There's another woman there, and there's a fake out. She goes and checks the bedroom. No one there. She goes to leave. She's like, "I'm so sorry. I'm such a head case." And then she notices the big pink coat. And then she storms upstairs, goes into the bedroom, and then goes to the adjacent bathroom, opens it up. The door's in slow motion, and there is Laura, this beautiful brunette, short-haired, basically it's American Natasha, is sitting there. Very tall. Barely covered by this publishing Why would she have that? So she wouldn't be naked in the in the shot. That's the only reason why she has one. Also, yeah, but, she's perfectly perched, isn't she? Just ready for someone ready to for walk someone. in on her. And she seems very <laughs> yeah. body, seems very body confident. She, just kind of yeah. And she don't care that Bridget just walked in on her. And then she she's just says, "Such a bitch." And she does because she goes. <laughs> she looks at Bridget and goes, "I thought you said she was thin." <laughs> Which is like, man, you're already another woman. You're already disappointing her. What's this about? It was uncalled for. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like it wasn't like Bridget reacted to the fact she was in the bathtub and or on the bathtub and said. Oh my god! You've got a slut in your bathtub. Like yeah. she literally didn't say anything. No, there was, it was just uncalled for. It was uncalled for. And then we go to the office the next day, and Daniel's trying to clear things over, and he goes, "Look, it just you're the same as me, Bridget. It takes something special to make us commit." And I'm like, "And this is a classic. Like he's not right, and we know he's not right because we know Bridget. But but it's it's like manipulative kind of behavior yeah, yeah, yeah. because Bridget's like going, "Do you love me, Daniel? Like it sounds like she's pretty ready to commit. Actually, yeah. if you ask me." And so, but then he goes, we're the same. And it takes something extraordinary to make us commit. And so, well, I want you to be the first to know Lola and I are engaged. And at which point. Who's Lola? Laura, sorry. Her name was Lola. If, if you're, she was a show. If you're Laura. Yeah. <laughs> and not Croft, the, the Tomb Raider, but Laura, this one. Um, <laughs> why are you okay with like in, being engaged to Daniel? Were they already engaged? But he's the first to know because it's like, hey, I thought you said she was thin. Yeah, sorry about that, baby. Will you marry me? Oh, okay. Like, how no. did that conversation go? He, But he wasn't. Maybe, do you think he was just saying that just to put Bridget off? What, made, made up the fact they were engaged? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because why would you say that? I think they actually are engaged. I just don't are understand they? the rationale I for think it. Maybe they weren't engaged in New York. 
they've kind of left things open because they're in separate countries. And then when she's come back, he's ditched Bridget for her and told her about Bridget because they were and fine with that. And get, then, uh, and now they're at a point where they can get, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, she wouldn't be so cool about having Bridget I, in the bathroom. I this, think she's the exotic foreign lady who is cool with well, whatever say, kind of relationship he, does he go, wants. He does go, well, maybe it's because she's American <laughs> yeah, or because she's young. <laughs> so, again, all the, so add the whole, all the, 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 the Natasha stuff and then add two more ways in which she's different from Bridget. Yeah. And so we get the, um, the montage now. It's vodka and Shaka Khan. <laughs> and it's, I'm every woman. Do you know the song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Me. It's because I didn't sing along. Come on, sing along. Guys, come on, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, she's working out. She's looking for a new job. She's walking on a bridge. She is. <laughs> she's, bridge on a bridge. And yeah. then, then there's an interview mini montage where she's like, why do you want this job? And she's doing all the perfect answers. Why do you want to be a TV dancer? And then she's asked a follow-up question. She can yeah. never get it right. It's yeah. either... <laughs> It's either like, you know, what do you yeah. think about about uh, El Nino? And she goes, I think Latin music's on the way out. Or, <laughs> or do you have any children? No. Can you imagine? <laughs> and then finally, the third one, she's done. So it's like, wake up, Britain. And she goes, I got to leave my current job because I shagged my boss. And the guy's like, <laughs> yeah, hi. well, well, you can start on Monday. And, and, yeah. and nobody at Wake Up Britain is fired for shagging the boss. <laughs> like, it was only 19 years ago, but it was a long it's time like, ago. Come on, dude. Um, and so... Bridget uh, quits, and um, she, Daniel tries to save at the last moment and get her to stay, and of course, Perpetua's like, if she gives one inch, I'm going to fire her on the spot, and he makes this plea that maybe I could, you know, maybe there's a chance for you to be advanced because, you know, you've been held back for whatever reason. And she needs to serve out her notice period. Yeah, which, to be fair, I'm like... But I'm, he's been desperate here, trying to keep her. I'm surprised he didn't go, like... Yeah, and I could also sue you for sexual harassment. Yeah. Yeah, but instead she goes, well, I didn't think you'd really care about someone who's fannies about what the press releases and their see-through top. So if getting a promotion meant working within 100 yards of you, I'd rather have a job wiping Saddam Hussein's arse. Yeah, what a saying. Which was, it's, it, it's, it's a great thing. And the song literally stops as he goes like back to work. But again, he's not angry. No. Do you know what I mean? He, he's taking it on the chin. Speaking of taking it on the chin... Now, <laughs> now we're in for the Wake Up Britain segment where she comes down the fire pole. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> and she's there and she's supposed to something to put her on camera. She wasn't ready for this. She's supposed to slide down the, the pole and the producer gets it wrong and says, go, no, no, wait, wait, wait. And again, he says, you know, put on some makeup, you know, you're, yeah. you're not I'm pretty thinking, enough. I'm thinking mini skirt, mini skirt. I'm thinking yeah. makeup, fireman's hat. Oh. And he goes, what's she doing climbing the pole? She'll be sliding down the pole. And she goes, no, no, go, go, go. And, and so, Can I just say, as someone who has done a bit of pole fitness, it is so difficult to climb up a pole, even if you're wearing like the proper pole gear. So the idea of her doing that in shoes and tights and a skirt and a like, bulky jacket and stuff, like just no way in hell is she getting is, up that pole again. Why is the cameraman at that angle where he's getting that ass shot as she slides down? Oh, no. like, <laughs> I if her, know. If her job's to slide down the pole and then like go, hey, this is Chief so-and-so, and how long was the interview? Because like, we're out of time. I'm like, she was only, like, scurrying <laughs> for like 10 seconds. She was, yeah. There's no way. But it gets the idea of it. She's become famous around the country now for being like, I think of YouTube was a thing around now. Yeah. Like she'd have been viral. Yeah. And then we get the party of lots of smug married couples. And it's hosted mm. by the mum from Outnumbered. Yes. yes. Oh, she's lovely. Uh, and I don't know. There's This is just designed so we can see a bunch of married couples all saying hi in the same way. Yeah, and she's And then asking the there. question, what's it like being single? And yeah. of course, who's the only ever single people there? 
Mark Darcy and, the, and yeah. Natasha. And eventually Bridget runs out. It's not much of a scene in the grand scheme of things, but it sets up the real scene, which is the two of them. And he, he goes, and he's kind of being a dick here. He goes, I very much enjoyed your Lewis from Fire report. And she goes, look, if you want to make me feel bad, you don't need to bother. I already feel stupid most of the time. And it's a great little scene where he goes, I really, really apologize. And he goes, he kind of lists a bunch of her faults and then goes, but, the, you know, your, your mother's pretty interesting. And... It's 10 things I have about you, isn't it? Yeah. But despite <laughs> that, I really like you. She goes, yeah, except for the smoking and the drinking. She goes, no, no, no. I like you very much. Just like the way you. you are. Yeah. Which ended up being, it's not like a Ronan Keating song. Just the, the way, way you are. <laughs> it's Bruno Mars, isn't it? Is yeah. It? Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Girl, you're amazing. Um, and so, <laughs> okay, you're allowed to have a song break, but no one else. But is. My favorite. Fine. You guys all did. I just let you have it. I know it. And yeah. so, um, he, my favorite one of them though was goes, "You really are an appalling public speaker." <laughs> <laughs> and so then we go to the Aganahini case. And she doesn't know who these people are. It's a, it, it's a, it's a very big hard news story. The kind of big hard news story that I don't think Wake Up Britain would be covering. No, this felt very much out of the element. If you're going from fire poles and like now it's like serious journalism, I'm yeah. like I don't think so. But she misses the verdict because she went for ciggies, which are cigarettes for anybody from America. Yeah? <laughs> and Mark just happens to be the barrister because again, there's twelve people in London. Of course, I think that bit's more realistic to be fair. And she gets an interview, and he grants. You know, I told him no interviews, but since you want one, and you know, and that's, that's going to help me, <laughs> and I fancy you, <laughs> yeah. yes. And she nails it, but oh, except the part where she like has her back to the camera for half of it. Because yeah, she, like, you could have set that shot up much better. And so then we get Bridget is walking because uh, she's successful now and she's this big, hard journalist, you know, public affairs, current affairs kind of mm-hmm. thing. And she's walking confidently to Craig David. And you might, guys might not know this, but his true fans call him Cliff David. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I made a mistake. He did we indeed. Were, uh, <laughs> I was like, it's Cliff David, right? And then I caught myself with Craig, but you guys were going to let me have, get I, off on that easy. So. I love the idea of a mashup between Cliff Richard and Craig David. <laughs> uh, for, for the people outside of the UK, like Cliff Richard is, is something over here. Is yeah. he not a thing in America? No, oh my God. No. He wouldn't be. He's like the British Elvis. Is he? Yeah, he He's was. a big deal, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's nothing. Wow. Nothing over there. No. Uh, and this is what the scene I call the blue soup dinner party. Oh. So, um, and... Just before we find out, Mum is wavering on Julian, although she finds the sex quite surprising. <laughs> the other night, I was just dozing off, and I felt uh, this, huge... No, this huge, and then she cuts it off. Uh, yeah, not surprising. Mom. Yeah, and she went. Yeah, Daniel did that to me too, and we were on the mini break <laughs> twice. <laughs> uh, Mark shows up, and there's the these guys need to have a food prep show. Mm. Bridget and Mark, I would watch that. If they had a, a show, I would watch this. That's good. Uh, and there's the most adorable prep food scene ever. Uh, and Bridget can't cook, but we love oh, All the friends come over and they have this terrible yeah, soup uh, uh, combination. Because of the, cause of the, uh, the string, string has turned dyed, the leek soup yeah. into blue soup. I'm sorry, I just can It looks like something out of Star Wars. I can I can blue it. milk. Yeah, it is. That. And so her friends, who just exist to just, okay, we need them for a scene, so let's yeah. have them here. And they go, to Bridget, who cannot cook, but we love her just as she is. And it's going perfectly. And what can ruin things? Daniel Cleaver. Cleaver, Now, why uh, why is Cleaver just showing? It doesn't strike me as a very Daniel Cleaver thing to do. No. It doesn't strike me he would be hung up on Bridget. That's the part I really have a hard time with in this film. Yeah. But do you think that's because this the whole she pursued him, and then all of a sudden she's gone, right, I've left work. I'm not going to be around She's got anymore. the power and he wants it yeah, back? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I, I don't understand why he's that hung up on her. 
Because she's amazing. Because Just the way she <laughs> Maybe because he's had no one walk away from him before. Maybe. Who knows? It seems like he's supposed to be this, like, when he's introduced, we're told he's like a Lothario. And then, like, I know what it is. It's just, he read the script. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the script, the slugline says, enter Daniel Cleaver. So I'm here. Yeah. Um, and he goes, and so Cleaver shows up. They go into a room by themselves, which I think is really bad form by Bridget. Mm. Like, Mark's been here. He's helped set up. Yeah, exactly. Please come back tomorrow and we'll have a conversation. Yeah. Uh, and he goes, you know, what about what, what happened to Lara? Oh, she dumped me. She left when she realized I hadn't gotten over you. Oh, rubbish. <laughs> and how about we put this behind us? And Mark, at this point, is going to go leave. And he goes, oh, no, come on, Mark, stay. Stay for a birthday drink with me and Bridge. And he puts his and arm he puts around her. Like, this is my place now. This is, this is this my the, girl This now. is the first time he becomes really, he's not charming, I don't feel, in this bit. It's a very, very posh f*** you. Yeah. To... Especially if you just stole this guy's He's wife. Like, here. Why are you? Like, if anything, the thing that still should scare the crap out of you is that Mark's gonna gonna out you, yeah, for what happened. Yeah, Eventually. and when he does that, like, it's like you don't need much for this. No, and it's like, how much can he assume that Darcy'll take? And uh, not very much soon to come. Well, and he <laughs> he goes to leave, and then he comes out. Uh, but just as he goes to leave, he goes. She goes, why are you here? And he goes, why am I here? Forget what I'm here. What was Mark Wanker Darcy <laughs> And then, as it says in the, in, in the script, re-enter Mark Wanker Darcy. And he goes, outside. And he just goes, should I bring my pistol or my sword? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. He's great in this. That was a good comeback. And then we have uh, f- a fight. And um, I love this scene. Mark Darcy says, I should have done this years ago. And he goes, should have done what <laughs> years ago? And he just punches him. <laughs> and then the, the gay best friend goes into a Greek restaurant. He's like, fight! It's, it's a, a real, real fight. fight. I want to know if this was improvised fighting because it did not look polished in any I way, think shape, it must or have form. Been. Well, Liam, it it was not choreographed. Oh wow! Um, but they did have to get stuntmen in to do the window bit. Oh yes. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That uh, shocked me the first time I watched that. That shocked me. Having, having once directed a scene I called the world's worst sword fight, this <laughs> is the world's worst fist fight without question. Of course, <laughs> me and, and Liam should try and do a really so, bad fist fight as well. It's so good. And the whole time we've got "It's Raining Men" by Jerry Hallowell as yeah. the, as the score for this. Uh, and they, then happy birthday! They burst into a Greek restaurant, and as it's going, they're apologizing. Every time they lay on the table, like I will pay for this. I'm so, <laughs> so and they keep British. The fist fight going, <laughs> and then an upper class British too, right? Like that, that idea yeah. of what it means to be British. And then it's like happy birthday. Everyone that's, stops. It's like a bit of a parlay, isn't there? And then as soon as the happy birthday is over, dear, what's his yeah. name? <laughs> and then the fight continues. continues. They go crashing through, and they go enough. Okay, enough. The music stops when they hit the floor yep. as well, though. It's raining men. You got a musical attack there. And it goes, enough, yes, enough. And then you just hear uh, Daniel Wanker. Cleaver just say ever so slightly, wanker. <laughs> yeah. And he just decks him and knocks him out. And, of course, you said at this point, never win the fight. No, exactly. Never win the fight. Because? Because they always go to the victim. Oh, why don't you leave him alone? You've yeah. done enough already. Yeah. And he goes, what? And he goes, you know, what is your problem? Although you're helpful in the kitchen, you're just as bad as the rest of them. <laughs> I, and then he says, I, I'm sorry, I can see now I've been laboring under a misapprehension. That's a hell of a walk away, though, isn't it? Which is a line right out of Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice, yeah. And that's what he says when she tries to end it with him. And he goes, I'm sorry, I've, I've thought – basically, I'm sorry, I, 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 thought, I thought there was something going on here. I, I, obviously, I've been barking up the wrong tree. I didn't realize that we weren't on the same page. And then Cleaver's just like, you know, like, I don't even think Colin Firth's fully walked off the set yet. <laughs> no. He goes, he goes, Let's go upstairs. <laughs> and she goes, why are you here? 
And he goes, oh, I'm here because, you know, I don't work without you. And she goes, I need something better than that. As I was told, mm-hmm. I'm looking for something extraordinary. Yeah. And, she, and she leaves him. Good old Bridget. And then we go to Christmas Day, and it's this ding-dong merrily on high. With them singing. Carolers. He just goes, yeah. bugger off! <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell at this point, there's a, they're, 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 she's with her dad, and they're watching Christmas programming, including the Christmas shopping channel. And you can see mom is not liking it anymore. Earlier we saw her smiling and loving this, and now she hates this. Yeah, and and they're not together anymore. No, they're very apart. Yeah, and he goes, "Merry Christmas, Pamela," and she's just kind of like, and then mom comes back. She does, and her tail between her legs. One of her reasons why she's coming back is because uh, you know um, the guy. What was his name again? Julian. Julian was almost purple if you got him up close, but you're such a. Lovely normal. Lovely normal, normal color. color. But then she goes, but you have to be nice to me. And I'm like, this is a really bad I'm sorry speech as mm. far as it goes. You know, you and Bridget. Now, I do like this part. You and Bridget always going, what silly mummy gone on to this time? And this idea, in Pride and Prejudice, the dad wasn't this woeful guy. He was actually very clever and funny, but they would often make jokes, the father and the daughter, about how crazy mum was. Oh, okay. Because it was the idea. Dad's always saying, choose wisely when you marry. Because basically the message is, Choose wisely because yeah, I know what it's like. Yeah. At one point late in the book, he kind of goes, I know what it's like to choose poorly. Don't do that. Make sure you choose someone who you're going to be happy with. Well, that sounds like a good movie. Well, prim- yeah, it's all yeah. right. If you, see, if you see the real version, yeah. Oh, cool. They botched it in the... Donald Sutherland plays your dad. He's quite good, but... Oh, like Donald. He doesn't, he doesn't have a patch on the original. Oh, the original guy's so good. Anyway, uh, and then we... <laughs> and then he goes, she goes, can I please come home? And he goes, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. He did this it's so been well. very hard. And he takes a breath and she's completely like, <laughs> yeah. But he needed to see that. You know what? He I needed that. I, I wouldn't have begrudged him in over 30 seconds. No, I wouldn't. No. no. And he goes, I'm joking, you daft cow. I don't work, with, <laughs> I don't work without you. I love the use of language in this Which thing. is almost exactly what Daniel says to Bridget. I don't work without you. Yeah, but this is a marriage. This is this is genuine. This is more. This is, and I'm telling this. What an absolute star! I I, I can do what I, he did. I, I don't know if I could. No, I can. I really don't know if I could. No. Yeah. He kind of rolled over quite easily, didn't he? But we did see his life, and for a look at time, yeah. he was miserable. And I think if yeah. he stays without, what is his life like? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And we see him in the next scene. It, it's it's a little bloody neat. Yeah, it's a little bloody neat with a bow on it, and they go out there. Yeah. We went from here, I'm like half of our friends have had the two of them around. Oh, yeah. To all of a sudden now they're like you know all over each other a little bit as they like get prepped in the mirror, mm-hmm. and she and mom's like, "You're coming, come on, Mark Darcy will be there." Very Hollywood that, and it was, <laughs> and so and she, all of a sudden she goes, "Don't you know Mark's wife left him on Christmas Day? Cruel race." <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> Okay, but this is where we get the actual. We saw a, a bit of a flashback, but we kept the faces hidden. Not that mm. we saw the faces any less hidden in this version, no. but we get more of a door opening and a very whoever yeah. those two actors are. I guess in well position. Done. Yeah, <laughs> is, uh, is yeah. this what the two people in Love Actually were filming? Is it this scene? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm thinking it might have been. It's all about love, actually. It's, it's something. <laughs> there must have been some mistletoe up there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so, um. So then all of a sudden, Bridget's like, "I got we, okay, I'm going. Yeah. And she's like, and I'm going to drive. So it's been snowing. She pulls over, makes her dad get out, and she drives. And I'm like, there's no way I'm letting Bridget drive. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I'm just, sorry, I'm just a big one. Maybe you don't, you don't go screaming around corners. Maybe, maybe it's, it's the Canadian in me, you know. Snow I, want should, to, I want to see her do a handbrake turn. Be, snow should be respected. 
<laughs> and so then she goes and she apologizes to Mark and gives him a return on the I really like you just the way you are. And she says you're 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 extremely posh, you're judgmental, you're he is the prejudice in pride and prejudice. She is the pride, he is the prejudice. That's kind of the the, the gimmick there. Mm-hmm. And she does question the fact that he's wearing this ugly Christmas tie to go with Lash's Christmas it's jumper. So beautiful. And so wrong with you, then we find out that <laughs> I Mark, love a novelty tie and Mark, jumper um, at Christmas. Mark is going to America, we find out. Yep. There's a big speech by Daddy. And he goes, oh, Mark. And pretty soon he'll have uh, something else in law as well with mm-hmm. Natasha. And the band goes, here come the band. He's <laughs> like, oh, I made them promise they wouldn't say anything. And I'm going, Bitch. this is about as far out of left field as when Daniel gets engaged. I'm yeah. like, is there anything to make us think? We know she digs him, but is there anything to think that he digs her back? No, because he's always pursuing Bridget. And he's so sensible. He wouldn't get married on a no. whim. You don't th- he was No, it's a bit weird, isn't it? It was literally what? Like three it was it was November when her birthday was, I'm sure of it. Yeah. So what? In like the last like five weeks he's decided I'm gonna engage this girl? Again, he read the script. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's, I, I, you know, they have they have been dating. For I a guess while, they have to move they? the story forward. I think so. It's a working weekend. There's, there's no affection that we see, but no. that's, that's the thing. That's why he likes Bridget. Bridget is everything that the girls that he's around aren't. Yeah. I think they have been dating because she's always calling him like. Kind of she's pursuing him. To him. To to yes, her. she's smitten. She with does him. say at the book launch, "Give me time." Yes. Is there any it's point where it seems he's into her? No. I just, I just kind of get, get the impression that. They're just very kind of coy about it all because they're, you know, well, if British. The, if this is the case, then then Mark owed her a – when she's doing her speech, he owes her a no. No, you need to know this. Yeah. I think because they've already announced a speech from the other room and Doesn't it's his matter. parents' Ruby wedding anniversary and Doesn't he might know what's coming. Like, I think that might be why. She but... deserves to hear from him. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he – I'm not sure whether he knows that they're going to announce that part, whether they're just doing a speech generally. If you're flying out in a week, she still deserves to know that then as well. Yeah, that's true. So um, then we do get one last great speech from Bridget where they go to Mark and his Natasha and they all toast to Mark and his Natasha. She goes, no! <laughs> and makes a, this terrible speech about how it's a great loss for England to lose one of its great legal brains. And I'm sorry, I don't have a law degree. Ellie, you do. Um, is it just as simple as you just go to a new country and you know all the laws? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> So let me get a montage because this movie loved the montage. Uh, Mark is oh, flying, and I don't know what this New York airport was, but it sure as heck wasn't any New York airport. I mean, this nah. thing looked like it was like Sheffield, like it was a small, <laughs> yeah. small airport. Uh, Bridget is eating and rechristens her diary as the ramblings of a lunatic. I think it was. That's right, spinster and lunatic. Spinster and lunatic. Yeah. And then the buzzer goes off, and she goes down to the buzzer, and she's like, "Hello," and it's like. Hello, and it's all our friends because yeah. we need them. But, yeah. And she's like disappointed, and I'm like, "What are you expecting? Mm. Is it because Mark did show up once, or Daniel did show up once on the same day? What are the odds of that?" Yeah, very odd. Um, and so let's go to Paris and forget about Mark Darcy. What brilliant friends! And then out of a shallow focus, still gone to Paris. Out of a shallow focus <laughs> comes Mark Darcy. He does. And he wants to know if she's available for bar mitzvahs. Now, I appreciate that for us, there's been about six minutes between these two scenes. Mm. For Bridget, it's been like a week and a half. She might be like, what? Yeah. You did a speech. Did I? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. But, you know. Movie's got a movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, Damn it. And he goes, I've forgotten something back home, and it was to kiss you goodbye. And she goes, oh, okay. Do you mind? And he goes for a kiss, and there's several delays. I forget what they are. Oh, she keeps saying, so you, so you are staying. Yeah. Yes. You're not going to New York. 
That's right. <laughs> and then all of her friends beep the horn in the yeah. car. And they're all sticking their head out of the window. Yeah. Friends of yours? And then they they do they kiss a little bit. And then Mark is like, let's go inside. And then he's not quite rocky, but he's not quite not rocky. No. Like she's sitting there, he's kissing her neck, and he's like, Mark's got like the I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. This is very much happening. I'm good. And she's not saying no, 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 but I mean like he's 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 not holding back. He's ready for this. Yes, he is. And uh, Bridget needs to get some new knickers. So she goes and runs off and says, read whatever you want. Now, I'm sorry. I'm going to come up Mark Darcy a little bit more here. Read whatever you want is great. Not a diary. That no, not it count. was open on the table. Don't care. He flips pages. Yeah, he when does. he flips the pages, it's unacceptable. The minute you but see the, it's a diary, you close but it. But seeing the first bit, you, you can close understand it. why you do. You never you read close it. Diary. You don't read someone else's diary. No. Uh, but if you see it open and you see your name written down... Are you not just naturally drawn to read the sentence with your name in it, if that catches your eye? Definitely not drawn to turn a page. No, the page turning, as I said, is unacceptable. He's a lawyer. He should know better than this. Yeah, he should. Yep. <laughs> uh, but, and it just so happens that this diary is magic. Mm-hmm. And that when he starts to read it, the diary emits bad music. So we know this is something <laughs> bad that's happened here. The score goes minor key and like badly. And so Mark, um, I've said here, Mark goes through a diary. Do we forgive him for that? I mean, I guess we do. Eventually. Well, I don't know. I think the minute he leaves, we're like, we're kind of like, oh, Mark's been hurt. At, at no point is this presented as a violation. No, I guess not. No. no, 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 no. And so Bridget runs through the street in her knickers, which aren't that appealing. No, they're not. They're not. These knickers no. aren't. No. They're not. So actually, I mean, for, for a pair of what was supposed to be skimpy knickers, they were actually quite covering, which they'd have to be for the scene you're going to have coming up, but yeah. still. Um, and so it turns out Mark has went to buy her a new diary. And he says, diary, she goes, diaries are full of crap. He goes, I know. That's why I thought we could maybe, you know, a new one, new start. And the fact that it's all seen like January 1st, you know. Going by how he'd reacted through the whole movie to then. He walks off like angry walk. Like when she's like looking at him, he's like power walking And down she the shouts out. He would, have, he would have heard that. He could have said, let's, let's go for a walk. Yeah. Let's go for a walk. I want to I wanna take you somewhere. Now, it's not a good of a movie. I understand that. But yeah, still. Yeah, yeah, And then she kisses her and she goes, nice boys don't, don't kiss, kiss like, like that. that. And he goes. <laughs> Oh, yes, they fucking do. Yeah. <laughs> and I love this bit of dialogue because up until now, Mark Darcy's always said the perfect thing. Yes. And we had F-bombs littered, littered the whole movie. by Daniel Cleaver yep. and Shazza and Carrot and Bridget. Yeah. And he gets this moment and he goes, there's a little bit of bad boy in, in Mark. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, don't worry. You're going to be all right. And then um, that is basically that. Um, and then we get the credit music to Have You Met Miss Jones by Robbie Williams, which is a nice rendition. It is a lovely rendition. So I really like that. Mm-hmm. And that was Bridget Jones's Diary, and I really enjoyed it. Me too. Me three. Meh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, time for the end game. Uh, role of women in the film. Shit. It is. Really shit. It is. Yeah. Considering as you know, the main characters. Well, it, 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 no, I don't think role of women always has to come down to this. Does it no. pass the Bechdel test? No, no, it doesn't. No. no two women ever talk if it's not except I for being a boy. I can only possibly be happy with my life if I'm with someone. If yeah. not, I'm going to be a drunk. And it's not just Bridget. It's Bridget's yeah. friends. Yeah. It's Bridget's mum. Yeah. Everybody's character arc is about. No, it's a rom com. So I will under, I will go. That's kind of how they're 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 around. Do, do two men have a, have a conversation that aren't really about anything for being in a relationship? I don't know. I don't think so. Do we see a lot of two men talk to each other in this film? It'd have been nice no. to have seen uh, Cleaver and Darcy have a scene to themselves. They like, did. No, they no, did. no. They fought. No, not the fist fight. <laughs> like a proper 
conversation. I, I get what you're saying, but we had... Because we they we- were best friends at one point. Well, they were friends, we're told. Yeah, yeah. Oh, best friends, that's right. Yeah, because they're best man at the wedding or something like that. You know, but we have to be, But we have to be kept in the dark so that we learn when Bridget learns. Um, that's the thing we have, we have to be prejudiced in the same way <laughs> that she's you'd think all the times they kept meeting you'd have thought there would have been a point where them two just I don't know something um, I feel that they should have been something I mean Daniel's trying to be not Daniel um, uh, Mark's trying to be polite he's trying to be classy he's mm. trying to let's live and let live and do what you want and stay out of my way yeah yeah so um, Bridget does have an empowering moment in the middle of it where she kind of forsakes men and gets all her self-development books and like takes care of herself as well but that goes for a montage for 30 seconds and then she's back pouring after the guys again she doesn't have a conversation no i'm not saying she passes the test i'm just saying that she does have a bit of a character arc there but it's supposed to be a joke isn't it and i I know the problem because she's had it's the exact opposite of what the previous books were but my main issue with this is that it's fine, and it's a rom com, so there are limitations to it. But at the end of the day, we're happy because she partners up with the guy we were supposed to, she's supposed to partner up with. Do you know what? Yeah. I also, you know, the fact that that's directed by women, it's written by women, some of the language used towards women is very cutting. Okay. That's and, because women are horrible to each other in real life. And yet. So this is the thing. I mean, this gets said a lot about really any. Can. I'm just saying it's directed by women. It's written yep. by women. This, Why is it not empowering? This gets said a lot by by uh, anything creative that's done by people of a marginalized demographic. So it could be a visible minority. It could be a nationality. It could be able to disabledism. It could be sexuality. It could be anything. Okay. Are you allowed to make regular art, or do you always have to be an ambassador? Yeah, true. Is that your thing? Do you have to represent all black people or all women or all whatever the case might be? Or can you write a movie? And it's a question that I'll never have to consider because I'm kind of solid. Unless we get into a thing where I need to tell the story or something about Canadians in a big way. (laughs) What's that song by Bo Murdom? What are you talking about? Straight white male. Yeah, so it's a thing. And so uh, as a result... Uh, it's never going to be a quandary for me about going. How am I representing people who I'm, uh, who I find myself in the same demographic as? Yeah, because kind of that's just ninety five percent of films. I are just doing felt that, right? some of the some of the dialogue was just a bit cutting, too close to the knuckle. She was writing a script for a female audience for a romantic comedy for something that would be. That, I'm, I'm not knocking the film. Her experience, I, I, do, I do like the film a lot. Yeah, but there's certain aspects where I went, ooh, okay. Uh, let's talk. Best character in the film. Liam, start with you. My favourite character is Bridget herself, because I fell in love with her since I met her on screen. So for the record, it's Bridget and not the diary you're a fan. Yeah, Bridget. Okay, <laughs> just making sure. There was yeah. some confusion about that. <laughs> there was earlier, wasn't there? Uh, speaking of which, Ellie, your favourite character? The diary. Yeah, uh, Bridget. <laughs> it gets replaced in the end, so it can't be. be a tra- if you think about from the diary's perspective, Aww. it's a rough story. It kind of like yeah. dies. So Bridget again? Yeah, it has fulfilled its purpose, though. Um, I think lots of the characters aren't really fleshed out to the same extent. There's a lot of fleshing in this film. (laughs) uh, Bridget, for me, because obviously she's... I I like all that um, faffing about, you know, falling over yourself, that clumsiness... That's kind of cute for me. And like we said, I, I quite like that. Like we said, it was hard because she had to be those things, but yeah, still yeah, be yeah. someone you rooted for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Ellie, yeah. anything you want to add? I think just to, as I said at the start, I just think she's really, really real. Okay. And I really like her. So the American putting on the fake British accent just felt really, <laughs> yeah. really real to you. Okay. She's very good with her British accent. She though. is. Her accent, I can't, I can't fault her accent at all. No. I think there was one line where I went, oh. Oh, really? Okay. It, yeah. No, I thought she was really good. Georgia. 
quite like Tom, the gay best friend. Okay, for for for, for the cameo for all that he is. psychic that he is. Okay, yeah. he's fun. Um, I did not resonate with this film. I don't know if it's a generation thing. I don't know if it's just I don't have the same experiences. I just did not. Okay. I mean, as rom coms go by the same studio as well, I much prefer About Time. About Time's a more subtle film. It's a, yeah. This is just too. It's too cheesy, too romanticized, too rom com for me. Without the com. So, so for the record, we're just saying that the time travel one was less cheesy than. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, genuinely though, I prefer it. No, I, I'm not saying that you can't. I'm not yeah. saying you can't. So, Ian, this is where I'd ask you yeah. who your favorite character was, but I'm going to have a punt here okay. and say your favorite character. Yeah, it's Cleaver. It is Daniel. Cleaver. <laughs> it is because for this film to work, you yeah, have yeah, to have yeah. a villain that actually feels like he might have a chance. And when yeah. he says, "Let's go upstairs to yours." I every time think that I've forgotten a scene where she breaks up with him upstairs and I forget that she breaks up with him down there yeah. on the street. And because I she's like above him as well. Yeah. Because he keeps coming back. And every time he's, he's, he's in many ways, he's like a horror villain. You think he's dead. Yeah. And he comes back. <laughs> we were just talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's always there. He's what else could go wrong? It's Daniel Cleaver. And he's yeah. such a schmuck, but he's so charming. And likable. And likable yeah. and lovable, even yeah, yeah. despite all this. And you kind of want to go, go on, Bridget. Come on. <laughs> come on. You know you want maybe, maybe he's different this time. <laughs> because of the audience, how can you not want to see more of that character? Me. Yeah. It's amongst his best Hate work. Hate him. Okay. Hate that he's, character. He is the villain, so that's okay. So whether you have that opinion of him and you go, oh, I can't stand this guy. That works for the movie. Or if you go... Not for the bit where he's supposed to be charming and I'm just going, oh my goodness, no, go I, away. Because no, I think it does work. I think the fact that yeah. you're going... Because you speak to one side who's like, no, absolutely not. Why are you making this bad decision? I don't like Mark Darcy either. Or for so. the rest of us who are going, no, don't do... don't. don't uh, yeah, yes, I mean, he's, he's charming. Go on, have a good... Come on, maybe he's different this time. He's ch- Either way, they both work. The, the one thing you're not is going... Ah. Yeah. There's an opinion on, on on Daniel Cleaver. So I think for this film to work, the villain had to be good, which is he my did. biggest problem with number three, because I don't think there is a villain with it. And as a result, the movie actually doesn't have any stakes. Yeah, true. I mean, but I do find it funny. Yep. Uh, best moment, best element of the film? My best moment. Well, the, the scenes where the snow is. I, <laughs> you really worry about the snow. I, it's <laughs> so beautifully shot and so idyllic and so... Oh. Yep. And but I love the fight scene. Yeah. <laughs> I love 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 the fight scene because it's. I love the fact that it was improvised. Yeah. Um. I love the bit where they go through the window because there isn't. It's kind of violent. Yeah. And that's kind what, of. It's a good way to describe the fight. It's kind of violent. It's kind of yeah because it plays on all your expectations what a fight scene is going to be and flips it on. Yeah, its head. you know, if yeah. you saw Stallone in a movie having a fight, you expect knives through the chest and. Would you be surprised people... to hear that Stallone wasn't the short? <laughs> <laughs> but when I genuinely, when I first watched this, I remember being shocked. They went through that window. Yeah. They tried to replicate this in the second one and it's not as No, good. that's in no. the fountain, isn't it? You can do this once. Yeah. That's the hard part is you can do this once. Um, but that really genuinely shocked me the first time I watched it. So yeah, for me, that was my favorite scene. Okay. Ellie? I really struggled to pick a favorite scene in this because I love all of it. Um, I really like the opening montage with the all by myself. With the credits, credits music. That I nice. think that's so well done. Yeah. Um, I love the Tarzan Vickers party. Um, I think I think, just think it's really, really funny. We're, we're just listing things now. Yeah. Um, we're, not, yeah. Yeah. we're not committing to one thing. We're just going, here's all the things I like. Um, and I also love the ending. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so I guess favourite scene is probably the Tarts and Vickers, all right. if I have to choose one. Georgia. I like the soundtrack. 
It's very good. It's it's very, the soundtrack is very good. The, the use of licensed music in this yes. is, is yeah, yeah. and it's not so much the score. The score is kind of yeah, and there. give or take. Yeah, it. No, we didn't talk about that cool the spy that. I swear that was in Ace Ventura, but a different arrangement. Wow! If you know what that is, people, I've tried to yeah. find that. If you can tell me what song that is, that wow, 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 you know what that is? Can you please it's very tell James me? Bond. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's no. spy. It's something it's, it's spyish. But I couldn't. Fi- it's not on the official soundtrack, so I don't know what it is. If you know, please tell me. But on yeah, that note, like the that. idea of it, the licensed music used in this film, yes, is yeah. yeah. I think you're right, and I appreciate Bridget Jones when she finally tells Daniel Cleaver to piss off. Yep. Um, yeah, that's nice. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, I, I guess I'm going to go with the double, they chose the perfect two men to, yeah. to be the two choices. As opposed to a lot of things, like a Bond movie where it's the good girl and the bad girl. We have the girls as the good boy and the bad boy. And they're both looking fantastic. They're both handsome, handsome, handsome men. Nah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and... Uh, it culminates with the fight scene, and the fight scene the fight is great. fantastic. It and is. so you're waiting all movie for these two combustible elements to do something, and it's gloriously underwhelming. It is, and so there's so much it's humor. Very British, isn't there's it? so much humor in it, and the, the, the with my favorite moment within a moment yeah. is when they stop and sing "Happy Birthday" <laughs> yeah. because they're that British that we can't sing through it. Someone's birthday, you have to honor <laughs> the did song. I like that. that. You have I to honor like the song. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is this any uh, having a Let's do a grumble first. A grumble. Something that you didn't like about this film so much. Liam? Um, uh, I don't like Colin Firth. Okay. Wow. Um, I know. I get the fact that he played Darcy twice and he's playing different Darcy's. But he it, plays him four times. He, does he? Well, three, three in this movie. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I find him awkward to watch. Um, all I, when I watch him now, all I see is the King's Speech because I thought he was phenomenal in that. Um, but the way he I like him in the Kingsman. I, yeah, I, it's the way he delivers speech yep. in this. I just don't. He's too <sighs> too awkward for me. Yeah, unfortunately, it's how he has to come off, and it has to be That's like just, we have to un, we have, we have to take that and estimate him as being a jerk because he's short rather than just he's just a bit of a serious guy. Yeah, yeah. I do find he's inconsistent though because at the end he's like rock star Colin Firth. He's like, yeah. oh yes, they. And I'm like, why couldn't you be this guy earlier? Maybe, Norm- maybe Norm- he's just serious and likes dirty talk. Maybe. Normally, when you're that character and you're the awkward character, you're likable. But I didn't mm-hmm. feel in, I didn't find him likable when he was being that awkward. No, fair. Fine. You know, so yep. my little grumble team. And the friends. Uh, yeah, good shout. Uh, Ellie? Um, mine is, is that the friends are underused, yeah. yeah. So like I said earlier, I th- I always thought they had much bigger of a role and they don't. Yep. So, yeah. This should be fun. Georgia? I just don't think it's very well developed. Like the, the story just is kind of, oh, she's with this guy, now she's with that one, now she's with this one, now she's with that one. And I don't really care. Okay. I don't care for either of the men. In fact, they actively annoy me. And I qu- I don't mind Bridget. She's all right. She annoys me in a couple of bits. But no, I just I just don't particularly care for the film itself. I think part of that is going to be the fact they, take, they took a book and they've tried to bring that down into yeah. a screenplay and that's difficult. Yeah. And I think it's going to tie into my issue, which is I love the character Bridget Jones. I don't think this character does a very good job speaking about women. No, yeah. Because we get... But you hate Mark Darcy, right? Yes, I hate him. And the next time it's, 
oh, I love him. Yeah. Why? Because he looked at me. Yeah. And it's it's it's, it's mm-hmm. and it's 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 okay if it's a, it's okay if it's an individual character because there are people who fall in love with everybody who who they see and that, and that's so if someone shows you affection all of a sudden you're you're in love. That's those people do exist, but this film kind of suggested that's what happens with everybody because Bridget's mom does the same thing until you know she's with Julian until that's not and then it's, I want to go back home. You know, it, it seems to be that's the element of it. Mm-hmm. And the idea, and I was being told, and I'm sure if you're single of 30, and the idea is that everything is about, and it's told from her perspective. She's our narrator, so it does limit our focus. So I'm giving it a little bit of an out that way. But the dinner party would suggest you're nobody unless you're coupled up, or every character one has yeah. your love life. And, and maybe if you're, if you're of that age and you're not married, it's, it is that single most important thing. And maybe it was even more so in 2001 than it is now. But I don't think it does a very good job of um, talking about women. Yeah, because my other grumble was the fact that how women talk to each other because, in this film. Because you don't see Mark Darcy or um, Daniel Cleaver having crises about the fact they're not married. And I think we no. can suggest both of them are older than Bridget yeah. without any question. Yeah. So. I just think she has some really empowered moments in it as well. And that moment where she does turn Daniel down at the end and also the moment where she plays hard to get at the start, I think they are really empowering and they show her well, as a strong female character. But they're two moments in an hour and a half long film that's about one woman. And I struggle to... I'd, for me, they don't weigh out the rest of it. She's there with Mark Darcy. They've had a moment. They've made soup. All of a sudden, here comes Daniel Cleaver, who she's all... Yeah, and then and, she... And, and she's like, go, cast yeah. it aside. Like, she comes off really badly in that scene. Yeah. I don't care if he... Come, call me tomorrow. Call me later. But the idea she gets into a room and just lets Mark walk off and lets Daniel be like, come on, stay especially for a drink after, with the two of us. Especially after what's happened, the scene before with them. Yeah. You know, you, you, she would be a bit more off. But remember, she thinks that Mark Darcy has yeah, but she, stolen Daniel's but, I mean, I know, wife. I know the characters say that when, when, when they're fighting, and that's a tough call, but she literally was lied to, left alone, embarrassed herself at this party where she could have had a support like a boyfriend there that would have helped her out, yeah. takes a cab home, which is long, in, in her Tarte costume still, which has got to be embarrassing enough <laughs> as it is, and then he lies to her again while they're there, discovers the thing, just goes, uh, and then goes, by the way, I'm engaged. Like, she forgives him way too bloody quickly. Too quick. I wonder if it's the same cab driver as in the second film. <laughs> Don't know. Anyway, uh, is this anybody's best role ever? Yes, it's Renee Zellweger's. Oh, she's no, better in Chicago. She's much better in Chicago. I know. I haven't seen, but I don't. What did she win Best Actress? I struggle. For? Something. She won it for Judy. I haven't seen Judy. She's won it for something else. Judy was actually really was, good. Was it? Was she nominated for Cold Mountain? She might have. I don't know. But she's won. I believe she's won two Academy Awards. Yeah, I, I, I take that back. So, Judy, about Judy Garland was I good. Think I think I really pref- enjoyed that. I preferred her in Chicago. Mm. Uh, she won Best Supporting Actress for Cold Mountain. Yeah, this is this is her most bankable role, and she's maybe its most iconic. I think. Role. I think. Yeah. 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 I think. That's, yeah. Okay. I think more that, iconic. I, th- I think when they say Renee Zellweger, the first thing you think of is, is probably this. Yeah. For me, yeah. it, it really isn't. Okay, okay. I go jump straight to Chicago. I think you are the exception. I think I probably am. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think most people it's Renee Zellweger. Thing is, Sorry, it's, it's, it's Bridget Jones. <laughs> for most people, um, she is Renee Zellweger. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't think it is for the boys. I don't think it's best as in notoriety or best as an acting performance. No, I think no. King's Speech. Was... No, it's not. King's Speech yeah. or King's Mitten, even. Yeah, but both yeah. of them are better for Colin Firth. And I think I prefer. The Hugh Grant in Notting Hill. I think, prefer him in Four Weddings. Four Weddings. Um, yeah. yeah. The first I mean, is the I, best. I always love yeah. Hugh Grant, to be fair. Love Actually. Um, love Actually. But, oh, it's that. a small role. It's not a yeah. huge role in this either, but no, I think he's good in that too. I think I agree with Liam that this is her best role. I haven't seen her in Judy. 
but I think it, I think she's fractionally better in this than Chicago. But I, I really love Chicago. both films. See, I'd so. this than Chicago. But, but you know what? It's split in hairs. I can. Yeah. Uh, if she's a, I, I can be talked into this. I can. And I haven't seen Cold Mountain for a really long time, so I can't uh, remember. Jim, I'm not going to talk about Jim Broadbent because he's good it's in this, but it's, it's, it's just too, it's just too small. Yeah, yeah, it's just too small. Um, so uh, what about the critics? What did the critics say about this film? Well, at least looking that up. So, is there any question this is the best Bridget Jones movie? No, no, no. There's the easily this no question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So the critics, uh, Roger Ebert, your your favorite. Yep. Yeah. Um. He said, "Bridget Jones's Diary, a beloved book about a heroine both lovable and human, has been made against all odds into a funny and charming movie that understands the charm of the original and preserves it." Bridget charts her own progress along the way from tragic spinster to wanton sex goddess, and the movie go- gives almost unreasonable pleasure as it celebrates her bumpy transition. Did he give it a stars? Um, I believe it was 3.5 out of, is it out of 4? He gives it out of 4. Yeah, yeah so 3.5 out of 4. That's I didn't pretty. write that down, but um, it got uh, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, okay. so it's pretty or highly regarded. Rotten Tomatoes, we'd say, Michael. Overall. Tomatoes. Peter Bradshaw from The Guardian, however, said, The screen Bridget may be a good knockabout fun, but it lacks the devastating insights of the original. What we've got here isn't so much postmodern Pride and Prejudice as pre-modern Mills and Boone. <laughs> Wish I knew what Mills and Boone was. Mills and Boone are like romantic. Um, George, I think, gets the reference. I don't. Yeah. They're trashy little novels. Are they? That, um, you know, like, Mills yeah. and Boone. And if you go in a library, you can get, because I used to work in a library, you can get Mills and Boone in audio, in large print, and in braille. Well, like, so, so, it's a, so it's a big fan like, amongst the older crowd. It's yeah. like old people soft pull. Okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's quite like saucy romance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Old, yeah. Like well, Lady Chatley's We've level. got some of our critics here. Founded in 1908. Oh, so. Cool. We've got, uh, it's a musical podcast who said, I love these films so much. One of my favorite deleted scenes in the sequel. Okay, it's a sequel, but we'll still read this. In the book, she conducts an interview with Colin Firth. And I have seen this. She yeah, interviews yeah. Colin Firth about his acting in the film Pride and Prejudice. Oh, without okay. acknowledging it's Mark Darcy. <laughs> I've like, never seen this. It's just so many, level, not, not it's so many levels of going, do you not notice he looks like your husband a little bit? Oh, okay. A little bit. Spoilers. Um, so... In the sequel, the book she conducts an interview with Colin Firth. They didn't show it in the film, obviously, but filmed as an extra for the DVD with Colin Firth playing an obnoxious version of himself. I think the cast do such a brilliant job making this film so enjoyable and timeless. It is essential viewing for everyone and just so much fun. I always enjoy seeing Colin Firth and Hugh Grant fight. The Paul and Griff show say Bridget Jones is a great, easy-to-watch, enjoyable film. The three stars have great chemistry with each other. Kick-ass soundtrack, too. Yes. And then Ethan from Talking the Mickey says, G'day, Ethan. I have never seen Bridget Jones. I know nothing what? about Bridget Jones. <laughs> my only experience with Bridget Jones is when my mom tricked me into having my first legal drink at the Bridget Jones pub on my 18th birthday, and I've seethed about it since. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was great. So I'm like, I'm a cool That's guy. very Ethan, isn't so it? Ethan, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Cheers, that makes bro. actually your go. first drink actually quite cool. I'm going to go for a drink with Ethan's mom. Yeah. Yeah. Ethan's mom is great, is by the way, yeah. So with that in mind, it's just time for ratings. Because I think we're running long. I think we have time for the age, game, the age okay. game. No time for the age game. So, Liam. I really love this film. And I'm going to give it, because it's beautifully shot in places. I love the snow scenes. It's very idyllic for me. It's very homely and warmly. Okay. Um, I'm going to say a strong eight. A strong eight. Yep. Very good. Ellie. I don't think it's really going to be a surprise, is it? I said it's one of my favourite films. So You're not? I, yeah, really? I'm going to give it a 10, yeah. Jeez. Oh, my God. How many 10s have you given out so far? Like? None. I haven't given out any yet either. 
I've gave out two nine and a halfs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, I've given out at least one nine and a half, but yeah. yeah. Georgia. I've given three. <laughs> I would give this film a limp six. Oh, a limp wow, six. That's better than I thought. A limp cigarette of a six. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A wet limp cigarette that's all right. of a six. Yeah, that's all right. it's, not a, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not a bad film. It's just not very good. Okay. <laughs> uh, I am going to go with eight interrupted birthday sing-alongs out of ten. Yeah. Actually, not interrupted birthday sing-alongs. Me and you are very similar in our... Well, we do tend to be that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. It feels it feels like 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 an eight. It made me smile a lot. Yeah, it did me. Um, I think I used to rate this higher when I was younger. I think I, I saw this for being uh, maybe a better film than it was. Yeah, uh, but it's totally enjoyable. No issues with that. The mm. cast are are charming. I think the cast make yeah. up for what's and it's a clever concept. It just, it's, I don't know. It's just something that makes it's just it's not going to get any higher than that, is it? I, no, I could not just watch this. this film like every day and not get bored of it. Okay. I, I just think it's so rewatchable. I love it. Okay, it, I agree with you. That's rewatchable. Yeah, not every day, but it is yeah. rewatchable. But I can watch this once a year. I'd yeah, yeah, with yeah, 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 yeah. So that is that. So it's an eight, a ten, a six, and an eight. <laughs> so that's thirty-four divided by four is about eight and a half. Eight and a half. Actually, that's a really high score. It is. It is. Actually, hang on. Eight, eight. 10 and 6, well, 8s are 8s, and 10 and 6 divided by 2 is 8, so it's 8s yeah. all around. 32, not 34. I messed up the math. So there we go. So that is Bridget Jones's Diary, mm-hmm. which just leaves it now for next week's choice. Ooh, and it's my exciting. pick. It's my last pick of the year. Cool. So it's definitely my wild card. Oh. And Am I going to like this wild card? I think you will. Oh. I think you will. I might have been a little bit inspired, not really, but it's a link, to <laughs> Rock, from Rocky from last week. Yeah. I went, Sports movies can be fun. <gasps> no. no sports movies can be are fun. you going for field of dreams and no i'm not oh. i'm not sorry oh. if you build but if it you were, that would have been a really <laughs> shit really down, wouldn't it? but like, you're pretty close because baseball so playoffs good. are on right now oh. and we were talking about female empowerment and i thought <gasps> wouldn't it be great for female empowerment so i am doing you're doing um madonna and yeah uh, oh that costume a league of their own costume. i am doing a league, league of, their of their own, yes. own. Not the British panel comedy show. I love this movie. But our first Tom Hanks movie. Yes. I cannot believe we're going to make it to episode, what, 32, 33, and we've not done a Tom... Hang on, we did Apollo 13. Our second Tom <laughs> Hanks movie. And this is this is a role that you... is not Tom Hanks. It's not Tom Hanks. And this is, and this is really good. This this film, I mean, you want to talk about the Bechdel test. Like, this, is, this is a strong female oh, cast with like one amazing. male character, really. I've not seen this, but so, I know that it is celebrated this, in I like, love this movie. This is based around... I know nothing about this film. So basically, during the war, there was the creation of an American women's baseball league. Because the guys are off at war. So, so we need something for entertainment. Yeah. So let's have the women do a professional baseball league. And so it's your typical, let's get a ragtag group of athletes they're all quirky in their various ways but we need someone to manage them and let's get alcoholic tom hanks cantankerous alcoholic alcoholic (laughs) tom Tom hanks Hanks. trying to teach women who have never played baseball largely to play baseball yeah and then what can happen and of course gender politics come into this so you know you know you won't why won't you put that girl on the team well she's not pretty enough so it goes fine well will you take she's her best friend we take the pretty one if you bring the other one alongside too and you know you're gonna play in skirts and make sure you slide not because it makes any sense with the game because what the punters want to see yeah and so there's all sorts of stories and it's based loosely on a true story yeah so a league of their own tom hanks gina davis gina davis laurie Laurie petty Petty, Uh, rosie o'donnell yeah madonna madonna yep oh it's a big cast oh and who's that other guy john lovitz 
I don't know if Your John Lovitz is on it. Your memory for names is amazing, Liam. Sorry? Your memory for names is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Every week you're just like, oh yeah, that had this person, this person, this person. And it's like not even anything you've looked at for years. I just know. I don't know how many people out there who watch movies are like me, but I'm one of these sad people who watch the credits. <laughs> so, please join us next week, not to watch the credits, but <laughs> to watch... A League of Their Own. Oh, I can't wait for this. So, for Best Film Ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ellie. And I've been Georgia. And we just want to say to all our listeners, despite all the trials and all the tribulations, we like you just the way you are. Oh, nice. We'll see you next time. Bye. Has he been thrown by Bridget's I love you? Or is it more like... What's that? that was... Oh, that's fine. I thought something was breaking. And I yeah. think it speaks as a metaphor for the relationship too, that although this feels like it's what she thinks a relationship should be, it's um, you know more... It's not going to last. It's not going to be real. What do you think about that, Liam? Um... <laughs> that, I don't know. Shade thrown, shade thrown, shade thrown. <laughs> I gave you the first 90 seconds on the house and then I went and then I went put the f***ing thing away sorry 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 sorry. (laughs) I had so many messages come through I was like what and so um, Liam was on his phone I was (laughs) and this is a shame 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 corner of shame why did I throw her into the bus because I can't 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 Because of the fake Demontes, wasn't it? That's yes. right. That's what we were talking about. <laughs> I was so distracted by it as well, and I was just waiting for you to pull you up on it. But I, I'd stopped listening as well, so I couldn't have even answered the question. I, I was listening to you about I how think... the relationship is like the fake diamond. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I totally there. got that. I was, I was so with you. <laughs>